Yeah, okay. <laughs> How are we doing? Good, yeah. Welcome to the Bending Brands Podcast. Thank thanks you. thanks for having me in your in your apartment. We just got done doing some cool sessions. Very beautiful. Natural nice. light, bunch of keyboards, some vocal effects, some what, what were those shakers you had on your legs? Um, those are, yeah, they're, they're these little bells. Um, it's an Indian thing. Like, um, I don't know if it's, you know, a particular, uh, style of music or ritual, or if it's from a particular region of India, but I know that if you go to like an Indian, you know, South Asian, uh, neighborhood, like you can pick them up. Mm. <laughs> so, um, so I've had those for about 10 years. Um, and I know they come from that part of the world, but, um, I just kind of use them in my own particular way. They sound great. Oh, I guess. That's okay. We have a phone going off. Whoops. It's all good. They sound really cool. I like them a lot. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, thanks. Yeah, I mean, for a while, um, that was the percussion. That was the only percussion that, that I was using. And, um, and now I've got the drum machine. Um, and, um, and uh, you know, I mean, that's always been the big question for me is like, who's going to be the drummer? Who's going to play the percussion? Cause like, that's, I, uh, I love percussion, you know, and, and, and that's one way that I can do it myself. It's not an ideal situation, you know, but it is one way to sort of just do it, mm -hmm. do it myself. A know? one man band type of situation. Yeah. One man, ba yeah. Without being like the kind of one man band that has like a little <laughs> bass drum and a little snare or whatever. I know, you know a lot I mean? of those people. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's cool. It, it can, it can be super hip. Like I've heard it be really hip, but it's also, it's got a real hokey edge to it, and um, and uh, I feel like the bells just come like to just to this side of that edge mm -hmm. um, without going over or something. Yeah. How long have you been playing music for, and what was your first instrument? Um, I started playing music when I was five years old. Um, I started playing piano. That's been my mm. that's been my instrument um, since I was a kid, um, and. Uh, and I really, I, 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 um, I'm sort of an idealist in some ways, and I, I really just stuck to piano, you know, like I didn't fuck with keyboards really at all for the longest time. I had that Wurlitzer, you know, that I, that I, that I was just playing, um, the Wurlitzer electric piano, um, just, just for practical reasons. I mean, you can't always have a real piano, you know, yeah. um, in your house. I mean, usually you can't. But but I really just played piano for the longest time um, and didn't mess with keyboards or synthesizers or anything like that. Um, and I was playing accordion. My The music that I write, I was playing accordion for a while, like accordion and bells. That was my setup. Um, but, you know, over the past few years, I've just slowly gotten familiar with different kinds of synthesizers and, and then the, the, loop, the loop station and like just sort of expanding. Um, and now it's been a few years that I've arrived at kind of that, a particular sound that involves the bells, it involves looping, it involves like, um, a synthesizer that I play, um, that plays bass lines mm. and the, there's, um, like a phasing thing that happens where the, the loops are, say the loops are five bars long, but the bass lines are four bars long, you know, so there's a kind of a, a phasing thing that happens mm -hmm. and I just super love to play that. Like That's I cool. mentioned earlier, like, you know, I, I played something for maybe three or four minutes, but, you know, usually I'll play it for, you know, I'll sit in the room and play it for 30 minutes or 40 minutes or an hour and just like just that'll that's a zone that I get into. And it's I, I find it to be um, to be uh, 
like, uh, I don't know, restorative or whatever. It's good for me. Meditative? Yeah. Yeah. Meditative. Definitely. Do you find that you said one bar is five and then one's four, do they meet at 20 then? So that is it more like a poly measure? Yeah. It's, it's that kind of thing. Actually, most of the music that I play, um, ends up being actually, yeah, most of what I've written and played over the past few years has been in three. So, you know, the vast majority of, like, pop music, for example, is, is in four, you know, it's in, or two, you know, it's in, like, du- double, duple, yeah. duple time. But, like, I guess I've just been super into three. And so, yeah, I play things, like, there are these loops that'll be, they'll be, like, maybe, you know, four bars long or five bars long or seven bars long or four beats or five beats or seven beats or whatever, you know, something that isn't three. Mm-hmm. So that it just sort of, it ends up, yeah, kind of phasing. So, like, the whole th- cycle maybe won't won't finish for for 21, you know, three times seven or for 15 or, or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, that isn't necessarily by design. Sometimes I think about it first, but a lot of the time I really don't even really know what's happening. You know, I have mm-hmm. a vague notion and I just know it's like, okay, something's in three, something's in seven. So probably at 21, it's going to line up. So if I program a drum machine thing, that's 21 bars long, it's like, does it work? So sometimes it does. Other times it does it. I don't necessarily know or care why, you know, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, um, there's a math, there's a math element to it. Yeah. And I just, it's appealing to me to have things that overlap in that way. Yeah. Cause like if the, if you've got a baseline that you like, um, or like a chord progression that you like, it's like, I mean, maybe some people, not me, I wouldn't want to play just the same progression for 40 minutes. You know, it's like, it, it sort of, it starts to get stale. Like if you're just hearing the same chords, happen over the course of, you know, over the course of a musical phrase, you're just hearing it over and over and over. And it sounds the same more or less every time, maybe the melody changes, but the, the, the harmony sounds the same over and over and over. It's like, that's that just at a certain point, it starts to get old. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter, you know, your f- absolute favorite song, your favorite D'Angelo song or whatever. It's like, yeah, you, after six minutes, it's like, you're kind of done, you know? But if there's that thing where it's disjointed, where like, you know, some part of it, um, is is like seven bars long, but the phrases are eight bars long, and it overlaps in this way. It's like every time you hear it, it's kind of new. Yeah, and it's like seven. T- what's seven times eight? It's like forty. You know, fifty six. Fifty six. So oh, every fifty six bars, it lines up again. But that's long enough that it never. It kind of is fresh every time. Mm-hmm. You know, which I mm-hmm. super dig. That is so, long. Yeah. 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 I like so, it a lot. I'm a yeah. big fan of making music like that as well. Yeah. So it's interesting to hear someone. You're one of the very few people I've ever met even mention what you're mentioning. So oh, yeah. it kind of hits close to home for me personally. I'm big oh, into cool. polymeasures, polyrhythms, oh, okay. odd time signatures, overlapping things that meet in weird spots, maybe never to do it again or yeah. to keep doing it. Yeah. Um, it's hard, but when it comes naturally and you can kind of be aware of it, that's the best place to be. You know, because mm-hmm. eventually you kind of need to be aware of it if you want it to always work. Otherwise, it can get right. a little weird. Yeah, you yeah. Get off, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, and or it's like you're you're chasing that magic. You're like, oh, it was so magical last time. Why isn't it? You yeah, know, why yeah. isn't it this time? It's like, well, maybe if you put a little thought into like what exactly is happening, then you can have a little more luck reproducing it. You know, mm-hmm. but if you leave it totally up to the stars, you know, then you might find something really cool and, and never find it again, you know? So I try to put some analysis, I try to analyze some of what I play just so that I have an idea of how I can recreate it, you know? It, it Music is a very strange art form because there is a theory to it and it's very physics and mathematically based 
um, as far as creative endeavors are considered, but there's also like feeling in it. But even the feeling it can be quantified within certain ebbs and flows of a BPM and a measure. So like it is like the most feeling quantifiable creation. You could it's weird. <laughs> it's weird. Like people say like improv, like if you're improvising at a certain point, you're still hitting 128th note or 64th note or 32nd note or 16th note. Mm-hmm. You're still playing within a time signature, you're still playing within a key. Even if you're going out of key then you're doing something else within the physics of music. So it's a very strange, it's a strange one. I don't, how does it, how, how do you feel about it as far as like it being quantifiable versus unquantifiable as far as those worlds meeting? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I, I feel like this tends to, this question kind of hits on, on a phenomenon that I, that I would tend to say like exists everywhere where it's sort of like with art, with, with, I think with art that is is truly like great, you know, um, there's like there's a there's a level of immediacy where something strikes you and you and you enjoy it or whatever, and then there's a deeper level where it's like if you and so there's that kind of that pleasure or that satisfaction or whatever the words would be, and then but then there's also a level where like if you analyze it and you think about it, there's also you unlock things that also give you that pleasure, that satisfaction, you know? And so I, I think that's really true. That's definitely, you know, it's true with a lot of things. It's like you go, I don't know, you know, check out some painting that you really like and it's like, oh, she was using this technique, you know, when she was painting it and it's sort of like, oh, like now I appreciate it even more, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it's, that's similar with music, you know, for me, like I actually studied music theory because I'm really into analyzing music, you know, and I'm a piano player, I train in jazz, so it's like it's a very theoretical approach, you know, you really, you know, your ear will get you really far, but like, but also you need to know what's going on, you need to be able to analyze harmony and and whatever, you know. You studied that in college? Uh, Yeah. Where at? Um, In McGill in Montreal. Okay. Yeah. That's a good school. Yeah, yeah. music. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was great. It was great. There are a lot of great musicians that passed through Montreal, uh, passed through McGill, and and and, and the teacher McGill. Um, so yeah, so I'm super into analysis, you know, and um, and I think that you know sometimes actually analysis can take the magic out of music. You know, yeah. I've had that experience too. Oh, you yeah. know, with like 12, 12 tone music or whatever. It's sort of like you analyze, and then you're just sort of like, oh, this isn't as fun anymore. But I think with the music that I really love, it's like the more I know about it, the more I love it, you know? So it's like, what's going on with that bass line or like, how is the bass line related to the melody or like, what's going on with that polyrhythm or whatever. And it's like, there are levels of understanding and analysis that just make you love it more, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so, so yeah, I think, I think that's, that's kind of the deal is like, you know, maybe it'll hit you in your heart, but also if you intellectualize it, like if you take an intellectual approach, um, then you can appreciate it in new ways and then it'll hit your heart in new ways, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's something I've been learning a lot the past years, uh, specifically through the pandemic, of, like, reanalyzing music again and, like, going back to it. I was so burnt out from listening to it a lot, recording bands, Mm -hmm. doing live sessions like we just did, uh, shows, like house shows every month, just so much recording just thousands and thousands of recordings and tens of thousands of takes of songs that I was just kind of like burnt out and I started going towards more like podcasts and not listening to as much music, still listen to, but not nearly as much. Mm -hmm. And then 
the pandemic happened and I just started like re-listening to music and having friends show me new stuff, being more open to stuff instead of just closing that door Mm -hmm. to all different styles of music. And then in the more recent like six months, friends and and, uh, my partner just showed me so many things I'd never heard of or Mm -hmm. like kind of knew it was there, but just was, I don't know, just kind of not interested in going down those paths for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. Um, nothing personal. And I just realized how vast the musical world is, and it made me reappreciate music again and, like, fall in love with it again. Oh, cool. That you know? sounds great. Yeah. It's been interesting. It's been very, like, romantic mm-hmm. the last six <laughs> months of my life for a lot of reasons, but for, specifically for music, it's been beautiful. And now I, like, can't help but always want to put music on. Uh-huh. And, like, I even listen to it differently now. When I was filming you, I was focusing very much on what I was doing with the camera. But I was also like really intrigued with what you were doing musically, and I was listening to the whole thing and analyzing it. And I think from playing so much music, listening to so much, engineering so much, and filming it, and um, putting on shows, I've learned how to like understand anticipation, even in something where I don't know you. I've mm-hmm. never been here. I've never seen that type of setup. But I always was able to tell when like something was going to happen. Not in like a very predictable way. Most people wouldn't be able to predict it. But just, mm-hmm. just like you could probably predict a lot since you have so much music experience. Mm-hmm. You could hear something like, something's going to happen here. It's probably with that. <laughs> and I would use that yeah. that skill that I've learned over years to like move the camera at the right spot. And there's times when you would be about to do the feet shaker thing. Mm-hmm. And I kind of felt it. So I, like, I went down and caught it perfectly and brought the camera like an inch off the ground. Yeah, And then I just felt like you were going to add another thing with your hand and another thing. And I kind of caught it like an elevator going up and then your voice came in and then you moved your hand. So I made it go and focus on the other pedal for the vocal. Just so many things like that. Now, what I'm, what I'm getting at with this story is do you find yourself sometimes losing like the passion or the love or the curiosity of music because you know so much because you've been playing for 31 years and you're trained classically and you study at a good music is it a con- considered a conservatory um i guess so yeah i think yeah. so yeah so pretty much everything you can do yeah, to be yeah. a, a great focused trained musician mm-hmm. do you ever find that you're it, it it becomes mathematical or becomes routine or becomes innate and you kind of lose what I've been talking about, like falling in love with music or having being romantic? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think like, I don't know, maybe I have a few different answers to that. Like, like, um, I think that, um, that, uh, you know, the, that kind of like training and deep, deep relationship with an, with an art form or within any discipline, it's sort of, it definitely, at least for me and, and probably for others, it makes you really, it makes you very picky, you know, like I have my tastes, like I have my whatever that that excites me and like and it's like I think uh, Duke Ellington was like there's great music and then there's everything else or something you know it's yeah. like and like that's it's really like super true and like I don't know another friend of mine um, Adam Kinner in Montreal like he was like you know if if one out of if you one out of twenty shows that you see like speak to you like you're doing really well you know what i mean yeah. and and so that that can be kind of a little bit of a negative kind of perspective you know um it, it isn't a super optimistic perspective but but i think it's it's true i mean if if five percent of the music that i listen to touches me then like that's kind of a lot you yeah. know so i think that's that's maybe one answer to the question is just mm-hmm. sort of like the more training and the more you're 
the more your more knowledge and more experience is packed in, it's just kind of the more refined your taste gets. And it's like, well, I like this and I don't like that. And, and I, I can't necessarily predict what I'm going to like, but I, but I know that it doesn't come around that often, you know, that something really touches me. Mm. Um, and like, it might touch me the first time and then the second time around, it's sort of like, I don't know, it gets stale, you know, like stuff that I, you know, stuff that really speaks to me, like it doesn't come around that often. So that sucks, you know, I would love to just love everything that I listen to, you know? Do you think it's but, because of how like hyperactive your musical mind is from pro- all the training and experience? Yeah, I, I think that plays a role. I mean, I think I, you know, I think anybody can, can, can have a, a very particular taste and just sort of, um, and be you know, picky or snobby or whatever, you know. Uh, snobby's, <laughs> snobby's a place a lot of people go to. They yeah. they like to say I'm picky or I'm particular, but really they're being snobby. And, and I, I could say that people because I have been extremely guilty of that. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. And I'm not like that anymore. I, I will listen to anything multiple times and then make my decision. Right, right. You know, I don't care what it is. It could be the most popular, right on the nose song with yeah, the most yeah. basic beat and lyrics and style i'll still try it out and then i'll i'll at least try it a couple times and then i'll make my decision you know yeah yeah that well that's that's wise that's wise because it's easy to write stuff off yeah um it's really especially <laughs> these days with how much output well there yeah is. yeah exactly yeah if you want to if yeah if you want to be a snob it's really it's really easy so I, yeah i try to avoid that but I think also it's like, hey, your taste is your taste. And if yeah. you, you listen to something, you're just like, this is boring or this is It's just is how trite, you verbalize you know? it. Right, you right. Know? Yeah, well, that has something to do with it yeah. too. I always tell <laughs> anyone, anyone who's going to give me constructive criticism, like, please do that. Please say it. Just think about your tone. Like, say it in a nice way. Don't be condescending. Yeah, yeah. Say whatever it is you have to say that's going to be a criticism. Hopefully it's constructive. Or your opinion, but... Just think about how you're presenting it. Yeah, and that's yeah. if more people did that, the internet wouldn't be so chaotic. <laughs> YouTube and Twitter and everything and the political system wouldn't be so chaotic if people yeah. just said things in a nicer manner. Yeah. Because that's how, what you would do in or person. Or more thoughtful. Like, thoughtful, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it is it's is weird. It can be very – there can be this real kind of ooh, this impulse from inside to say something in a dismissive way. You know, give criticism in a dismissive way. Yeah. But – um. But yeah, it's much more worthwhile, you know. Yeah, because I yeah I, I want to be open to people's criticism as well. It's very helpful. Yeah. I've learned so much when someone said like, I, in a nice way, mm-hmm. something that was crucial and, and and criticized something I did, good or yeah. bad. Yeah. And I was like, huh, you're right. You know, like um, some of my friends are have good ideas and give good advice. But a few of them will be a little harsh in their delivery. Yeah. And it might just be out of habit of, like, we've just been friends for so long. So mm-hmm. you kind of want to skip that whole, like, why do I even have to bother? Because it takes effort to be kind. Yeah. It takes a lot more effort to be kind than it is to just come out the gate with your thought. Yeah, yeah. You have to think of the right words to use that might take you, like, dancing around the subject matter to not be offensive. Yeah. But it comes, when you do it a lot, it gets easier. You know, it gets a lot easier, but... um. I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely yeah, it's definitely a skill. Um but uh but yeah, for sure it's like if I play a show or whatever, it's like the people that heard it, they probably most of them if they were paying attention have an opinion about it. Mm-hmm. And like they're going to tell somebody. Yeah. You know, they're going to say shit about it, so like I'd just as soon hear it, you yeah. know. Yeah, I, I would I would prefer it to be thoughtful and, you know, not you know, not 
you know, whatever. Um, Arrogant, passive aggressive, yeah, belittling, uh, rude. Yeah, none of those. Yeah, I could, I could do without, I could do without those things. But I, but I, but I, yeah, I do want to hear people's impressions, you know. Yeah. um, It's important. I think it helps with growth. Yeah. It's what a good parent, leader, uh, teacher, professor, what, what makes them great is when they can tell you in a nice, constructive manner, like what you did right. And we did wrong, and yeah. you should always have both. Yeah, if you're only saying the wrong things, it's you're like, right, right. well, why would I be here if I did everything wrong? Why would I be at a university if I did everything wrong? I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been accepted if I did everything wrong. Yeah, yeah. Why are my parents still around me if if I was that bad? They would have like, <laughs> you know, hated me and grounded me or given me away or whatever. I know I'm being a little extreme with that one, but you get what I'm saying. So, yeah. lead with kind things too totally. and then you know say the things like but yeah yeah xyz yeah yeah totally <laughs> yeah i mean that's a great thing about that's a great thing about presenting and 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 um yeah presenting your work you know is, is did your um i don't mean to cut you off yeah no no did your family support your musical decisions and endeavors in life yeah i would say so i would say so my mom um my mom was a pretty serious dancer for a while so she had she she knows about artistic pursuits you know the struggle yeah yeah yeah, yeah and, she, and she knows you know she knows about the 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 um what the right word you know the fulfillment the, the oh yeah you know the the um gratification gratification that's the word i'm looking for yeah the fulfillment the gratification the euphoria whatever you know like she knows about those things so she understands you know she understands what do you think those do you think those people on this planet that don't have an outlet no matter what it is as a form of expression and sometimes that becomes someone's just hobby Mm -hmm. what what do you i can't imagine what that's like i don't i don't i've never had that like i've always had a an outlet since i can remember yeah so I wonder, like, if that leads to some type of depression. Yeah, I don't if know. you don't yeah. like let it out. I mean, I think that, uh, like, this might sound kind of snobby, but I think that, um, <laughs> I think that uh, most people don't. You know, I mean, I think that our, our culture, by and large, you know, let's say here in here in here in the U.S., um, but just maybe in the West in general, um, you know, it's like. It really just what is encouraged is 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 consumption, you know. So whether you're gonna consume, you know, movies and shows or whatever food, you know, or you know whatever um, you know material goods, you know, stuff that you can buy, like that's kind of that's kind of where people go for their gratification, I think, and for their fulfillment, and. Um, you know, and then there are various strata of that, like, you know, the whatever. A lot of people move to New York just so that they can basically, like, um, consume, but consume really expensive and fine things. Go to really nice restaurants and mm. go, like, the opera or whatever. I don't know if people really care about going to the opera anymore. But, like, <laughs> but you know, like, and then there are people that, like, they get their gratification by going to Cracker Barrel and watching the, whatever, a Hollywood, you know, Fast and Furious or whatever. Like, you know, there are all these different levels in different venues. But I think, like, basically what our culture is about is about consuming. And I think that, like, on some level, like, I'm just speaking now. Now I'm, like, pontificating. But, like, but on some level there's an emptiness to that, you know. But I think that that's the reality for most people. So so where are they – I mean, you can find some meaning in that in, like, TV shows and, 
and movies and and the food that you eat, but like, or the, you know, the car that you, or whatever, you know, the TV and the couch and stuff, the shit that you buy. But like, but, you know, ultimately, like, there's an emptiness to that. Like, there's a lack of meaning in that. I think probably for most people where they find meaning, you know, would be maybe more in their work or if there's emptiness in their work, maybe more in their family, they raise a kid and it's like, then that's just like automatic meaning in your life, you know, raising a human or whatever. Like, I think that, so anyway, this is my answer to your question is that like, I think think kind of most people don't really have a creative outlet, you know, like because, you know, A, because maybe that's a privilege, you know, um, in our, in our society. And you think so? Yeah, I th- I, yeah, I think so. I think, you know, most of the people are like on the on the hamster wheel or whatever, you know, like they're just whatever. They're just following the path that's laid out for them. for something. Yeah, yeah, but it's, but it's, you know, our culture is like, our culture is like so empty in so many ways. Yeah. And it's really like the time, yeah, you, people have time. Like even if you're working 60 hour weeks or whatever, there's still time, but you go home and you watch Breaking Bad or whatever, you know, like it, the Sopranos or whatever the fuck, you know, it's like yeah. people are just, and that's good stuff too, you know, like that's the, someone else's creative endeavor. Yeah, right, exactly. You, you know? know, maybe it's better than watching fucking Family Matters or or or, or, or whatever, you know. But yeah. like, but um, but ultimately, like that's that's kind of that's what people do with their time, um, and so. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, this is a big question. I don't know if what I'm saying is, is really super coherent. But <laughs> no, no, I, it's a hard one to answer. I mean, I don't know what it's like to like to put my own self-expression into everything I do, mm-hmm. even conversation, even why I'm doing this, mm-hmm. even why I like to capture other people's art form mm-hmm. and be the vessel, be the medium for others to see it and consume it, to promote it, you know, to, to push it out there into the ether to do it myself, mm-hmm. to find a creative, beautiful thing in everything I do from food to exercise to watching something to reading a book to playing a game to playing chess to doing a puzzle mm. uh, to to swimming to do an extreme sport to camping. Everything about it, I, I just found a way personally to enjoy some type of expression in everything I do from mm-hmm. the littlest thing to the end, you know, from the beginning of the day to the end of the day. And everyone's, everyone's certainly different. This has always worked for me, but it makes me curious as to why I can feel so much fulfillment in that regardless if it's monetized or if it makes money or if it doesn't. Like this podcast is free. It doesn't make money, but I still do it anyway. I'm mm-hmm. in Brooklyn right now. I'm 800 miles from home. Yeah, doing it with someone I just met a couple of hours ago, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to continue to do it every time I come here and those sessions too. And it's just something I've always enjoyed doing, but it, it baffles certain people when they're just kind of like, "Do you make money from it?" Right. Well, yeah. And yeah. I'm like, well, I, mean, I, I make money line. elsewhere. Yeah. This is like a passion project. It's a hobby. Yeah. I learn a lot. I I meet cool people. No, at least I think are cool. <laughs> yeah. And I learn something new and I, I grow a little bit more every mm-hmm. time. Just a little bit more than if I just sat at home watching Breaking Bad or <laughs> The Sopranos <laughs> or Chef's Table. Although you can learn from those shows. Yeah, but yeah. after the millionth time of seeing it, then what? Yeah. So I don't I don't have uh, I think not enough people. I don't know if there's a specific answer, but not enough people do it or push themselves. But uh, most people think about it. 
and they talk about it. They just have a hard time making that leap. And I know right. a lot of people that are just kind of like, you, you'll see them like maybe doodling, drawing something like, oh, you should get some supplies and like maybe get a table and like do some more drawings. Ah, no, that's fine. But like you could see there's something there. They're, yeah, they're getting something yeah. out. Right. They just won't do it. They won't hop over the fence. So if someone's really good at cooking and they're talking about it and they have rare spices and the way they're putting it, I'm like, wow, you should like get more into that and like buy more stuff and like maybe start cooking more, maybe maybe take a class. And they're just like, nah, nah, whatever. And then, for some reason, it's maybe a lack of confidence because society tells you there's no value in a creative endeavor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it has a lot to do with like just our, our, cultural, our cultural values. Well, it's very rare to parents like, yeah, be, be an artist. Very rare. Yeah, 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 definitely. You either like show insane promise at a young age, like a, a prodigy, which yeah. is rare, or to be honest, your parents are probably more well off and right. maybe they were artists at one point. So they, you have both. They have that push and the money to be like, well, we can supplement your yeah, income yeah, if you totally. can't make it to a place. Totally. Which is, this, that's another path. It's fine. I'm not going against that. But that's probably why it's so rare and not why there's not value put into it. Why an artist will work for anything, mm-hmm. you know, for, for free, yeah. just to get their, their expression out there. When, it, when you do something that's in your heart, and it's an expression, you'll do it for anything. And the only way it can simplify that, which it's not the same thing at all, but for someone who'll do anything for like their kid or their loved one, yeah. it's like the same feeling. Like, I'll do anything to play guitar. Yeah, like, I don't yeah. care if you pay me or not. In fact, I've only ever lost money because I had to buy all the gear, and then I never <laughs> made money playing. So I've only lost $10,000 playing yeah, guitar. Yeah. <laughs> I've never actually made anything. Yeah. You yeah, know? but I think yeah, I mean that's kind of that's kind of in a way what I was saying before. It's just sort of like, well, where's your meaning coming from? You know, it's like and and I think for a lot of people, you know, the the um the sort of the um the rapid you know, path to meaning is like is is a family. You know, I mean, that's a great way to just sort of like ground yourself, have a sort of a life project and and you know and there's so much love and like, I mean I don't know what it's like I've never done it but from what I hear you know like there's <laughs> there's so much love involved you love your children so much whatever and then there's just meaning in your life you know and I think that that's kind of it's almost automatic um, um, so I think that's where I'll, the locus of meaning is for, for probably most people in our culture but you know your meaning could 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 be elsewhere you know yeah. or it could be shared you know probably I would you know, that would be my theory. Probably family would be the number one thing. Probably after that would, yeah, it would be work. You know, people, especially in our culture, you know, they get super dedicated oh to their work and yeah. then they find meaning in their work. It's their identity. It's it's their value as a person. It's the value of their life, you know. And whatever, that can that can be great. That can also be like... I don't think there's longevity in that. Yeah. I, I mean, think there is with family. I mean, that's why we're here, to be honest. Yeah. That's yeah. the only thing we know for a fact. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> come on, we see how biology works. We, we, we understand what's going on here. It's why we're talking right now. Mm-hmm. But work only goes so far before it is detrimental to your longevity, to your health, to your family. Right. You know, right. what is a family if you're not around? Yeah. 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 For sure. I mean, I think that, I think that work can also be, uh, you know, can be a great venue for, for people's for people to find themselves and for people to f- find their purpose and and um, I guess it just depends on how many hours is what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because no work is fine. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, you, keep, you need to keep yourself busy. If you just sat around all day, you'd lose your mind. Yeah, I just mean like how much are you putting into it? Totally. Is yeah, it, and and does it and does it actually? I don't know. 
I don't know what to say about that. You know, I mean, if it's if it's if the if underlying the whole thing is about the pursuit of money, then ultimately, yeah, probably you're gonna wake up one day and like you're gonna realize that there's a lot of emptiness. Yeah. You know, but um, but uh, but yeah, I think a lot of people sort of find find meaning in their work, and yeah, and, they, and then they 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 probably burn themselves out. Do you see that job. a lot in New York? Working, um, you said you work in Manhattan. Yeah. So do you see it a lot with people, with the emptiness, the money pursuit? Because it's an expensive place to live. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to say. I mean, I, I, I as a rule, haven't worked very much in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I've successfully avoided working. Um, I, I have a full-time job now for the first time in my life. Um, it's been, you know, six or seven months. Um, really? Yeah. How did, how did that happen? Well, how uh, did you go 30 five years without yeah yeah i mean i i've worked you know but i've never had like a, f a full-time position with a salary yeah never you yeah. know like i've had part-time positions you know um you know i've worked as a teacher worked you know whatever odd jobs catering farmer's market uh yeah teaching teaching music um you know music gigs uh whatever i worked at a starbucks when i was a kid you know whatever various jobs but um but I've never really gone all in with a job job um, until this year, um, which is fine. I mean, it's, diff it's different, you know? Yeah. Um, I work for a church, so, so you know, it isn't like, it's, I, I would imagine it's quite different than like working for a bank, you know, <laughs> or an insurance company or something. You yeah. Know? Um, or an advertising company, you know, like there's, you know, it's kind of at the root of it. It is. It's about. It's about community, and it's about you know spiritual whatever mm -hmm. spiritual groundedness or something like that. You know, I mean, it's also about about beauty and, and ritual and stuff. You, you know, but that's what you work for a church in Manhattan. I work for a church in Manhattan. Yeah. What kind of what religion? Um, it's an Episcopal church. Um, so I'm a singer, you know, um, and I do a lot of choral singing, and I've been singing in churches for a long time, also in synagogues. I'm half Jewish. Um, mm. So I also had a Jewish upbringing, but I also had a Christian upbringing. So, so, but I've done more. Sounds complicated. It is complicated. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little weird. It's a little weird. Those uh, go hand in hand really well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you know, music bridges it all. Of course. Um, but uh, where did you grow up? In here in New York. Okay. Yeah. Where, like what part? Uh, in Manhattan, like um, uh -huh. in Midtown Manhattan. Yeah, Turtle Bay is the That's neighborhood. I have to pick your brain about that. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, what in the world is it like to grow up in Midtown Manhattan? Yeah, yeah, it's funny. I mean, um, I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, um, yeah. What, what can I say about that? Like, um, it's, it's, it's. Uh, I, I feel like I said something smart about this the other day. What was it? It's sort of like, um, right. It's like the anonymity. Something about anonymity. Um, well, I can't remember. I made a, I made a good point about this the other day, but, but, but the, but the idea being that like, I go back to the neighborhood where I grew up and fucking nobody knows me. I don't know anybody. A lot of the buildings aren't even there anymore, you know, but there's sort of like, there's an insane detachment, you know, whereas, you know, if I had grown up in a smaller town or maybe even in a suburb, you know, where things change more slowly it's like 
um, I might run into my middle school teacher or, you know, the yeah. guy at the deli is still the guy at the deli or the crossing guard. That's or whatever, what it's you know. kind of like where I live. Yeah. Suburb of Chicago. Yeah. So. I think a lot of places are like that, you know, where it's or, you know, if you grew up in rural whatever, you know, it's like you go back and it's sort of like, you know, a lot of people are still there. Maybe a lot of people moved away, too. But. But whereas, like, I go back to the neighborhood where I grew up for the most part, you know, on, on the east side of Manhattan, and, like, it's, like, it's totally anonymous, you know. Um, so that's that's weird, you know. I, I didn't have friends. It wasn't a very family-oriented neighborhood, so I didn't have friends huh. that were my age in that neighborhood. And um, With all those people. Yeah. No, no friends your age in the neighborhood? Uh, no, no. I mean, I, you know, I went to schools that, um, that, you know, I think a, a lot of students in New York don't, they, they don't really go to neighborhood schools, you know, maybe their elementary school, but beyond that you end up, you end up traveling, you know, so. What do you mean traveling? Like commuting to another part of town, oh. you know, or another Why don't you go to your neighborhood schools after elementary? Um, yeah, why not? Um, because there's some choice involved in like what kind of school you want to go to and like maybe what your neighborhood school offers isn't, you know, what you want. Mm -hmm. Um, and also the sort of automatic neighborhood schools tend to not be as good, you know, they don't have as many resources or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what my neighborhood high school would have been. Uh, but like I went to a performing arts high school, you know, like, and then that, and, and, um, that school is drawing students from all over the city, you know? So it kind of um, gets the the best students there. In theory, in yeah. Theory. In theory, yeah. It was a great. It, that was that's a great school. It, it's it's a it's a renowned you know it's a renowned school. Um, what is it like to grow up amongst so many different types of people, tourists, steel, concrete, glass, <laughs> and just utter chaos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, to tell the truth, I've, I you know I was I was gone for a while and then I moved back to New York about five years ago and I find it to be. In many ways, intolerable. You know the the noise, the intensity. It just is noisy and smelly, and there's just a lot, way too many people. You know, and <laughs> I'd say so. Yeah. So on the one hand, it's like it's it's home, and it's I take it for granted all of the madness. But on the other hand, I'm sort of like yikes. You know, um, it's difficult. So. It's a difficult thing. I feel the same way. I mean, New York is much bigger. It's more immense than Chicago, but it's all relative. When you grow up in that type of area people everywhere so much to do so many opportunities you get a little older and you have to make the decision like do i want to be around the the steel the concrete mm-hmm. the noise the smell the brake dust the mm-hmm. pollution yeah i can't see a star in the sky people everywhere the crime the 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 poverty the the, the well, in new york like utter garbage everywhere <laughs> yeah yeah literally holy garbage yeah but it, it comes at a cost because then there's communities, there's endless food. Like, mm-hmm. it's just food everywhere. So many combinations of food. Yeah. So much art, music, culture, theater, dance, Broadway, film, acting, architecture. I mean, you name it. It's mm-hmm. it's everywhere. It's really cool. But then, I don't know. For me, I, I could I would do major cities, which I'm doing, for a couple more years. And then it's like... I. I feel like by like 35 it's like i need to get away close by yeah to where i could still work with bands and artists and 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 teach you know but not i just can't be within it it's just so it's cool when you don't have kids 
and your responsibilities aren't quite that intense yet. Mm-hmm. But like a, a like a mortgage and a family, no. Yeah, it Couldn't seems it. it seems intense. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty grateful to my parents that they decided to raise me in the city. I don't think that that's I don't think that that's an easy thing to do. No, it's um, hard. Yeah, but it, they took it for granted, um, and that that was what was going to happen. My dad, my dad, never lived anywhere else in his life. You know, and so he's born and raised in New York too. Born and raised in New York. Yeah, mm. um, and my mom's from from elsewhere. She's from California, but mm. uh, she spent most of her life here. And, um, yeah, it was just, we're going to raise the kids in the city. Like that's that wild. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which was great because, you know, uh, I grew up checking out a lot of cool stuff, you know, that, that my parents wouldn't have been able to show me, you know, that in other words, like if we'd been living somewhere else, this is not stuff that I would have picked up in the home, you know, it's like the jazz and I mean the jazz, that's kind of the big thing, you know, the, the music, um, but also my mom was into Broadway. We used to go, you know, we would see yeah. plays, we'd see musicals on Broadway, like not how, a ton. How far was like, that from where you lived? Across town, you know, it was a 20 minute walk. You know. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, that, that's, that's super cool to be exposed, to be exposed to such things, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. you, you said you grew up Jewish and Christian. What, which side of your family was which? Uh, my dad was Jewish. Um, my mom, uh, is is christian or she was actually raised mormon actually oh. yeah but um but she she's not super down with the with the mormon faith um so she raised us she took us to um episcopal an episcopal church growing up hmm. um and uh my parents split up my f- my stepfather also jewish so like there was a lot of judaism around yeah you yeah. know um and so, yeah, so I was exposed to both i mean it's a it's a little it's a little weird in terms of identity now I work at a church. And the outsider in me is sort of like, well, I'm Jewish though. I'm, you know, like, and if I'm around a bunch of Jews, I'm sort of like, well, like I'm actually Christian. You know, it's like. Do you work there be based on your faith or just for a job? <sighs> based on my faith. I mean, I don't like what I do there in terms of like, so I produce their live stream. I like do their website, uh, social media to some extent. Although it's really not my, not my bag. Um, you know, some, some, I do a podcast, uh, you know, some video production, whatever, like all that kind of media communication stuff. Like, I mean, man, like, would I do that for like Procter and Gamble or something? Like, it's kind of hard to see, you know? So I think the fact that it is, it is a religious institution that it's like, it's, it's about something other than making money. It's a, it's, you know, um, there's a connection to the ancient past and whatever, like tradition. Like, I think that that is an element of it that is that is very appealing to me. And hmm. that, um, but I wouldn't say it's about faith. You yeah. know, it isn't because like I love Jesus or something that <laughs> I have this job. Whereas I have colleagues that that is definitely the case. You yeah, know, they're yeah. people of faith. Um, and so that's a big part of the meaning for them. For me, it's sort of like, it's a little, that's a little bit, it's a little bit more of a secondary thing, but mm-hmm. it is, it is, it is important. It's like, um, um, yeah, it is important, but I don't, I don't feel like it's a, like my job is a spiritual pursuit I and mean, it's a job. Yeah. 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 It's, it's interesting. I always think about that when people work at a church, like, cause I grew up going to church very much so. So mm-hmm. I feel comfortable talking about this, um, more than most very mm-hmm. religious upbringing. And what, um, what denomination? Just like, like a non-denominational Christian, mm-hmm. um, yeah. But if the closest thing to it would be like it's a Protestant based thing, mostly like a couple notches away from Baptist, you know, mm-hmm. not nearly as strict at all. 
and became very secular, like a non-denominational growing up where like you, we can go just like this, you know, right. people, anybody off the streets go, goes mm-hmm. in modern praise and worship songs, mm-hmm. um, not singing hymns, right. finding elaborate ways to make the same old Bible story not so darn boring and yeah, repetitive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah just modern. Because I grew up going to the older churches where it was hymns and it was wear a suit and it was women always wear dresses and it was very strict. And that's oh, yeah. off-putting. And just, especially when you grow up with the times, it really makes you just well, like yeah. not want to be religious. Yeah. So I always wonder when people work at churches, are they very religious? Are they just doing it for a job? Is it half and half where they're like kind of, kind of have some faith, but it's really just like, yeah, I believe in that, but... It's also it's a job and I enjoy it and it's a nice community and like that's it's that simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I think it's probably it's probably it's the latter for me. I mean, it definitely isn't like a, a faith pursuit mm-hmm. to have this job, but like that's that's a big thing that's appealing about it. And I, you know, I think a lot of churches are highly dysfunctional places as nonprofits are in general. You know, um, but the church where I work is. Uh, it's a good team, like there's good leadership, there's like good community, you know? So in other words, I'm not saying that that is a trait of churches in general, but if you get those traits within a church or a nonprofit atmosphere, like that's pretty cool. Can you you elaborate on dysfunctional, you were just saying? Oh yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, just, I think nonprofit pursuits in general, you know, they, it's very easy for them to have a tyrant as a leader. You know, it's very easy for like there to just be a lot of political kind of dysfunction between people. Like I don't have a lot of firsthand experience with this a little bit, you know, but I think, and just like, why do you say a tyrant as a leader? Oh, I just, I don't know. I think that's generally what happens with nonprofits. I mean, maybe also with profit based companies, but yeah, it's just like, there's the founder and the founder is calling the shots and like, is maybe out of touch with reality and like there's maybe there's nepotism involved and like, and um, I don't know. I just think that's a cl- sort of a classic story. I agree. Know? I agree with that. And the, that, and that goes down yeah. at, at, in religious institutions too, you know? I agree. It's why I try to like stay away from all of it. <laughs> I've seen that in churches and I even like, had friends joke about that with me and like my my group of friends because it's so big mm-hmm. and we've all like had this DIY space for so long mm-hmm. and like the sessions and the fest and all these shows and it's just like thousands of people have come through and I'm always like I want nothing to do with that type of place or mindset mm-hmm. I I just want people to have to do their own thing to be productive to be happy right. yeah you know I don't want to touch that with a ten foot pole yeah because then people really misjudge you and and get what you just said they they start thinking that like cult type stuff yeah like, yeah the no. control and the power i don't want to control anybody i'm yeah. just like just keep clean up after yourself <laughs> like don't make a mess use my crap don't break it that's about it yeah and like yeah. please like be be happy and productive like i i love seeing friends prevail mm-hmm. instead of being jealous or envious you know right so that's right. simple so i hate when it gets people look into that too hard so i can yeah. see why i a non-for-profit where there's a lot of like money coming in and someone kind of getting in their own way of like wanting to be that type of sociopathic leader, which happens with big companies that are for profit. Sure, too. sure. Yeah, definitely. It's just like for some reason when it becomes non-for-profit, it's religious. 
they almost like you can get away with a little bit more because they're doing it in the name of God or a God. Yeah, yeah, there isn't. Yeah, there isn't. A, there isn't the same kind of maybe bottom line, you know, in a way. Well, I don't the Catholic know. Church is the greatest example of all time. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, yeah. I think all ten, all institutions tend towards corruption. Oh my you know, God. But, yeah. But, um, but there is a, I don't know. There's also the element of like with churches of just sort of like just being kind of a gossipy environment, you know, I think it, it can just be, it can be, be very unhealthy. Yeah. You know, which but, is ironic because that's the opposite of what, yeah, yeah, well, totally. you know, Jesus promotes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm not very religious at all, but, I always joke saying I'm the most Christian person in my family. <laughs> after I leave my family for, you know, after like a party, I walk out just like, how am I like more Christian than they are? And I'm not yeah, even Christian yeah. anymore. Like the, the way they talk about each other, they talk about other people, the jealousy, the backstabbing, the, yeah, yeah. the rude th- comments, the lack of uplifting. And it's always be like passive aggressive. I'm like, what? Yeah. That's like the further you get into, the more you feel like you get to hide behind that. And like you right, as a yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's definitely true. That's definitely true. And yeah, and, and, it, and all, that also goes to show how uh, how much of a challenge it is to follow the teachings of Jesus. You know, it's sort of like it's like yeah, it's like if you really want to follow that, it's like good luck. Like that's hard. That's hard. You know, and 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 um, and you're gonna piss off a lot of people just like he did. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. so so yeah, it's 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 hard to pull off. But if you can pull if you can pull some of those some of those values and those teachings and you can use them, you know, in a, in a productive way, then yeah, I mean, you don't, church doesn't have to be where you build your community, you know, mm-hmm. and you can be, and you can be a very good and productive Christian, you know, if you, if you want to think of it that way, you know, without the context of the church at all. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, the foundation of a lot of religions, what they're preaching, what they're telling you, very wholesome human, like kind hearted things. Just, mm-hmm. it's so simple. Just like, Forgive people. Be nice to people. Don't be rude. Don't hurt. Don't steal. Don't rape. Don't murder. Like every religion, even every government, most, not every, promotes these types of things. Yeah. But for some reason, as soon as you have like a religious ideology and and identity, a lot of people will hide behind that and they will act those ways. They will do those things. Be very hypocritical. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, that's what pushed me so far from just seeing that. Just like keeping my eyes wide open, just seeing the hypocrisy of it yeah. all. I'm like, what are we doing here? Yeah, yeah, that's a drag. Yeah, yeah, that's a drag. I mean, people don't want to pat themselves on the back for going through X, Y, Z motions, but or X, Y, Z, you know, uh, what's the word? Um, you know, ceremonies and stuff, but not actually, not actually really trying to live out the values. Like that's 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 totally bogus. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put your money where your mouth is, yeah. or your offering where your mouth is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, do you feel torn being growing up Jewish and Christian? Like, has it been strange having both of those sides? Um, no, I mean, it's yeah, it's 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 funny to have a divided identity. I mean, um, but I think it's pretty common here, you know, in, mm. in the U.S., you know, um, you that's know. a pretty rare one. I don't know anybody who's like. I'm half Jewish, half Oh, Christian. right. Yeah, it isn't super common. I've met a few people <laughs> that are like that. But, you know, it's like you'll grow up and your mother would be black and your father would be white. It's yeah. like, okay, you yeah. know, that's an identity thing. You know, I, or I, it's like... It's a good point. My dad's Mexican. My mom's European, like, very white, brown. So you yeah. don't know until apparently out of nowhere it takes till 2019 and the craze of political correctness for me to mm-hmm. finally be like, wait a minute. 
now I have to think about this. I didn't even. It was so normal. I didn't think about it. Yeah, yeah. Just like yeah, I'm I'm, I'm Mexican. My my dad's Mexican, and my mom. I'm like I'm also like Polish and English. I don't know. I didn't, you don't think about it when it is you. Yeah, yeah. And now it's such a thing. I'm like I don't know. I don't. I never thought about it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't identity. Care. I'm just a person. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, but identity. Yeah, it's it's true. It's like, and then at some point, it's like, yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to identify? as you know latino or latin x and like you know what part of that what part of that culture or mexican culture you know played a role in your upbringing what part of what parts of it are you attracted to even if they didn't play a part in your mm -hmm. upbringing how much of that do you want to claim yeah maybe none of it and then you know you're the other side the white side it's sort of like maybe there are things from your childhood that you're attached to or things from the past that you're interested in maybe you find, you know, you have some Polish cousins and you want to learn to speak Polish or whatever, you know, I mean, it's yeah. sort of like, I think that's, so in other words, like maybe the Jewish Christian thing isn't super common in the States, but I think in the States it is pretty common to have a sort of a divided identity yes. and to have a little bit of a sort of like, okay, to what extent can I kind of pick and choose what my identity is, you know, and, and, um, and, you know, what's, what's, what, what does that mean for who I am? And, you know, so I think that, I think those questions are, are pretty common and they're probably, a little bit even less fraught. I'm, uh, maybe I'm wrong about this, but you know, like I have a good friend who I play music with who one side is Indian and then the other side is white and she feels like she can't be white because she doesn't look white, but she can't be Indian because of all of her Indian family. It's like she's, she's queer and like her Indian family is very conservative and like she doesn't speak whatever language. So, so it's sort of like, yeah, that sounds way more fraught than like my Christian Jewish thing. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, a lot of Jewish people can pass off as just like, Eastern European, yeah, yeah, Ashkenazi Jew, you know, it's, 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 it's different. When it becomes like a true, true um, ethnicity divide, which I know a lot of people like that, I, I like my brother's slightly dark, darker skin than I, mm -hmm. but, you know, same parents. So it like genes play a role. Like I, I, I don't know before you met me, what ethnicity would you have assumed I was? Oh, I actually get Jewish a lot. Oh, yeah. I get that all the time. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> all the time. But uh, people are always very confused Yeah, like, by what I am. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe if I hadn't seen your last name. That was one of the first things that I saw. Dead so, giveaway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I, I don't know that last name, but I was assuming it was Spanish yeah. you know, or yeah. Portuguese or something. It's, you know? it's a city in Spain. You know, yeah. Span very Spanish. Right. Yeah. It looks like, yeah, the double L and uh -huh. stuff. Yeah, so it's like... So seeing you is sort of like, okay, maybe he's like Colombian or something, you know, uh, uh, but, but yeah, if you were just Ben, yeah, sure. It's like, oh, maybe he's Jewish, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Benjamin, that's a Hebrew name. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Joseph is his middle name. That's still Hebrew. <laughs> okay. Two Hebrew names in a row. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. It's all, you know, I've, I've had people text me that are Jewish or, or reach out like on Jewish holidays. Mm -hmm. they, oh yeah. They didn't oh, that's know. Funny. And I'm just like. I'm so glad that I'm me and I just don't care and this is hilarious, but some people would get mad at that for whatever reason. It's like, yeah, it's a simple yeah. mistake, but it's just funny that that's how much people think I am Jewish. That yeah, yeah. I don't even know them that well and they're just like, oh, happy whatever. Or yeah. It's like, that's so funny. I love it. I think it's great. <laughs> yeah, that is funny. Wow. So was um, was music a big part of your family or was it something that you, are you, are you the only musician? Do you have siblings? Did they play um, if you do? Yeah, I have a brother, my older brother, that's who was, who was calling. Um, he lives around the corner actually. Mm. Um, he, he plays a little bit of music, but he's not, he's not, he's, he was never really super serious about music. Um, my father loved music. He liked to sing. He was really into opera, but he didn't have any musical training. Mm. Um, and then my mom, you know, my mom is a dancer. She's got great rhythm. 
you know, oh, but okay. she, and actually she does play piano for a few years when I was a teenager, she was taking piano lessons. She was oh, playing some Chopin that's and stuff, cool. you know, so nice. she's, she's got, she's got a, she's got a musical sense. Absolutely. But it, but I didn't grow up in like a musical family. Like yeah. I don't play music. But music lovers. Family. Yeah, definitely. So they, at least that was around. Well. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. There's a difference. Like people say like, oh, everyone loves music. No. People enjoy music. Mm-hmm. People are into it. But there's a difference. I, I know a few people. My my dad is one of them. Like my mom likes music. She she enjoys it. My dad is obsessed. Mm-hmm. Like, oh really? He has such cool stories. He was the guy in the in the seventies, South Side of Chicago, that he would record vinyl onto like a one inch tape mm-hmm. and make but like do one song at a time and mix up and make like mixtapes on one inch tape and then go to parties and essentially be like be the DJ on all night and have like, you know, oh, wow. four or five hours yeah, of different yeah. songs recorded on the tape and played over the sound system. He's always providing the sound. I do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. But I do it in a more modern way. But I was yeah, always yeah. the sound system provider, always bringing every, all That's the fine. gear. Yeah. So he was like obsessed with music, went and to what, a club yeah, every what's, night. What's his, what's his, th- is there a particular kind of music that he's into or? Everything. But I'd say mostly he, he did blues, jazz, classic rock, reggae. He grew right. up in the seventies. He played drums in a band. He mm-hmm. loves drums, loves music, but obsessed. Whenever I see him now, that's all he has on. He's always putting on music. He's cueing it up. Yeah. He's sitting there. He's singing. It, he's tapping to it. I could tell he's a drummer because he's yeah. always doing something with his hand. Yeah. And there was like that type of person. Uh, my friend, my best friend Eddie's dad's the same way. Obsessed with music. Always buying the most recent thing. Going to concerts. Still like one of the only dads at like a modern concert. Mm-hmm. Find like knows new artists. Yeah. yeah. Isn't stuck in nineteen seventy nine, but knows like who's out now. Stuff like that. But then there's like past that people are like, yeah, I don't know. I just, I like what I grew up with. Put some music on. They just don't care yeah, what it yeah. is. They just want something. Yeah. And then there's people who just don't go into it at all. And they're extremely passive. They're just like, yeah. I don't know. Put something on. Yeah. And they like just don't really care. Yeah. And then there's people like you and I who obsess over it. Yeah, yeah. You know, want to, I went to school to record it. You went to school to perform it. Mm-hmm. I play in bands still to this day. I've been in bands, you know, for 15, 16 years. Mm-hmm. Always putting out records, always recording, always doing something with sound. Yeah. You know, and I'm assuming you have been too in some way, shape, or form. You know, very analytical of it. And that's where I think what I mentioned earlier, where you can be so consumed by it that you can kind of forget that magic sometimes, that romance of like right. the love of music falling back in love with it. Yeah, I find smoking weed helps with that. <laughs> smoking weed helps with that? You know, it's sort of like, yeah, if you like want to get out of the normal ruts of your thinking or whatever and just like, I mean, the music better be good, you know, but it, but if you, if I, I find that can really light me up, like if I, no pun intended, like if, if you know, if I, hear, if I hear, if I hear something new, like, and I, and, and, um, you know, after after smoking or something like that, that can you can kind of hear with fresh ears a little bit, you mm-hmm. know. Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah, I I agree. Marijuana, I didn't start smoking too much later, and I'm glad I waited. Um, I think it first of all allowed me to develop properly, <laughs> which is sad because sometimes people start too early and it really messes with their brain. But um, I'm glad because it gave me so many years of just taking in stuff for what it was. Mm-hmm. And then to have that like adult juxtaposition of like a mature mind that yeah. was able to grow and see things sober for so long. Yeah. It allows me to have a control over that divide. Like I can go into something sober, I can go into it stone and go mm-hmm. back and forth. It's not super innate to me. And it's great. It's even the paranoia I invite sometimes. I'll mm-hmm. get there and I'll be so paranoid. Mm-hmm. Like, 
But realize it's just me stressing out about something I need to either stop stressing out about, right? Work on it or address it, right? And like that's that's okay. And then once you admit that to yourself while you're stoned, then you're like, okay, then this record I'm about to put on is gonna be great. Or, right, right, yeah. Well, yeah. As know? long as you have that, I mean, I I I think it becomes clear for me uh, sometimes if I get high the level of social anxiety that I actually do experience, you know? So if it's like, if it's a question of like getting high and then the paranoia that you're talking about is related to just like not being able to deal with people and the interactions between people and how much that stresses me out. Like even just listening to people talk, like not even participating, like it'll stress me out. <laughs> um, then it's sort of like there, I find, you know, it's like maybe that's something I have to work on, but also like that's just, that's just a problem that isn't going to go away in the moment. Like, mm -hmm. w w so, like, somebody put on some good music, you know, or, like, let's watch a movie or, like, let's check out the stars because, like, that paranoia, like, it can be rooted to something that is very real that, like, that isn't really curable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. It's just your context. It's like, the context sucks. Like, there's a really loud air conditioner. I'm fucked. You know, you're yeah. fucked. Like you're never yeah. going to be comfortable. You're never going to be happy. Like, um, and that becomes much more intense if you're, if you're, if you're in an altered state, you know, do you, so you, you said you have like a social anxiety. I would say so. I mean, yeah. not, it's, it isn't at all debilitating, but, but I think like it's there, it's there. And, and I just, I relate to that maybe most through like talking about paranoia. It's like you smoke some weed, you get paranoid. It's just sort of like, Oh, like a person hates B person and B person is actually in love with C and like, and I'm just watching it all this and I'm just like, Oh my God, this is way too yeah. much for me. Like, yeah. Oh, I can't handle this. Like, I don't want to talk to any of these people, you know? Um, have I you always had that type of I situation? Think so, I think so. Yeah, I think so. That, which is why, you know, for me, like I'm, I'm down with smoking pot. Like, for sure, but it's got to be like we're gonna smoke weed and we're gonna watch this movie. You know, we're gonna smoke weed, we're gonna play this music. Mm. You know, we're gonna smoke weed, we're gonna go walk on this beach. You know, it isn't like we're gonna smoke weed and hang around. Yeah, I don't fucking roll with that. Yeah, because it's just that that's <laughs> it's too intense for me. You okay. know, it's it's not it's not like they're. What about alcohol? Um, I don't I don't drink that much. Just yeah. lightly. Yeah, just a little. Like, I mean, I wanted to have a drink. It's been a long week. Like, playing is, you know, it's, 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 there's an intensity to it and it's yeah. nice to have a drink to unwind. But I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say. So it's, so it's, there's a utility in it for that, you know, in terms of just like taking the edge off. But, um, but I wouldn't say I like use it the same way that I use weed. It's sort of like, oh, it's like we're going to watch X movie. It's like, I want to get high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, for this purpose, you know. I agree. Rather, you know, I'm not like I want to have a few drinks so that X. Like, a, a, drinking doesn't really get me anywhere. You yeah. Know? yeah, there's drinking is it's fun, but it could be super down downward spiral with that. You know, it's yeah, it's I hard. I, I I usually consume the most when I'm like on vacation. Like mm -hmm. here in New York, yeah. it's kind of like a vacation for me. Yeah, like I've been working still recording bands doing this but also like editing and like doing stuff for school like getting ready but i find myself like having i usually don't really drink monday through friday like nothing really at all mm -hmm. but i find myself having a couple of drinks every night but it's like i'm also celebrating like this is a big deal for me mm -hmm. and i usually only drink you know a couple of drinks a night in a row if i'm like vacation or celebrating yeah and it mean it means a lot to me then i go i go back to like life and i don't do that for yeah. the next you know three four months until i'm in that situation again however long it is, i don't really think about it and that's how i know i feel okay with it it's like when it happens i go for it and then when it's not happening i just stay focused and live life 
Yeah. I, you know, even weed I had to calm down on because it was making me lose it. Yeah. So oh, really? Paranoid. Well, just over oh, COVID, the, there was nothing yeah. to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't smoke very much last year, man. It I was just too much. Too I'd be scary. bored every day. Life was, was too like, scary. <laughs> I would just smoke and go on walks, which was nice. It was very therapeutic, but you come home and you're like, I'm still high. I guess I'll smoke more. <laughs> and then you're like, there's nothing to do. And I don't know. I'm glad I did it because I never had a stint in my life where I smoked a lot. And yeah. I did for like a month. Yeah. I think it was like March, March or April. I smoked like yeah. every day. And then I stopped. And I was like, now I only do it once in a while. Like maybe once on a Saturday or something. Like yeah. kick back, watch something cool. Oh, mm-hmm. we're going to put on this, you know, 4K disc on this new sound system. Something yeah, cool like that. Yeah. Or just anything where it's like a heightened experience. To, to, to enjoy it it's fun it's yeah. it's nice yeah yeah I, I, I find for me it just helps me focus a little bit you know life life is life is um hard <laughs> yeah life is fucking hard life yeah life is hard and life just gets you into a certain rhythm and you can't necessarily it's okay the week is over the day is over the month is whatever you know it's like okay stop go somewhere new it's like you can't necessarily just decide it's like okay I want to change my frame of mind because my day is over and now I'm at the show I got to play this show like um now I want to focus up on the music it's like you can't just necessarily decide to do that but I'm sure that for a lot of people alcohol helps with that for me I don't feel like drinking ever made me a better musician ever you no, know I hate drinking <laughs> yeah I, mean, I don't I don't do that at all yeah I a like, lot of will people, not do it yeah a lot of people that's their thing I don't even like but, smoking and playing right oh yeah I like it, smoking and it makes me feel like I'm messing up all the time <laughs> oh yeah that's that's funny yeah well yeah for sure because I mean, I'm like I get paranoid I'm like that was, that was sloppy with alcohol, you're like, sloppy, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. With who, weed, you're like, I, I don't even know if this is sloppy, but yeah. I do care way too much. So it's a weird place to <laughs> That's be. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I find for me, for me, it, it, it just helps me focus. Like I was saying before, it's just sort of like it can just kind of flip a little switch. And it doesn't take very much at all. Well, it's different for everybody. Yeah. It, that's a strange drug. It's not the same for everyone. No, no, definitely not. Definitely not. When but, did you um, start smoking weed? I guess in high school. High school. Yeah, yeah, smoking weed and like listening to listening to music, listening to like Miles Davis and stuff. And I was I was just watching a documentary on him on Netflix last night. Oh yeah, it was good. I liked it a lot. I mean, I've I've always enjoyed jazz. Like, I was watching um, we, my girlfriend and I watched Whiplash on Sunday. Oh, right. I've yeah. seen it like twice. I like it a lot, but mm-hmm. she never saw it. She's really into jazz. And wow, what an intense movie! Have you ever seen it? No, I've had it recommended to me. But it's a cool I, movie. Yeah. It, I think it won like best sound mixing and sound editing and film editing. Right, and yeah, supporting actor. It's a it's a great movie. But um, documentaries about jazz. Um, did you see Summer of Soul on on Hulu? That documentary about the festival that happened in 1969 in Harlem oh, that I Questlove heard, directed. I heard about it. You know, I he, I I. My medium is radio. Mm. My addiction is radio. The way that people are like addicted to their phones or whatever. Like, like modern radio? I just listen to the fucking radio. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's so, so interesting. So I hear about I hear about all this stuff, but I actually really don't watch yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like I really, really hardly watch stuff. So it's like, oh yeah, so yeah, I heard all about that, but I heard an interview about it probably with Questlove, you know, yeah, but yeah. I didn't see it because I Check don't Check it out. Anything. It's pretty sweet. It's yeah. unbelievable. It's really sad actually how much it was swept under the rug. Right. And because it happened, I believe, a month or two before Woodstock. Right, right. And, you know, besides a few people playing Woodstock was kind of more towards the white crowd. Yeah. And, and yeah. white people. Whereas Summer of Soul was it was all black. Yeah, yeah. And it was in Harlem. 
and it's clear as day what went on there where they're just kind of like because it was awesome completely equivalent on par if not almost better and and more unique performances than woodstock Uh uh-huh but it was completely forgotten no one even knew about i never i am I'm into music more than most. I put on my own festival. I never heard of this in right, my life. Right. Yeah. And if I haven't heard about it and no one in my world ever told me about it, like it no one knows about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. You know, it's sad. Like did you, yeah. you didn't know about it and you no. grew up here. Yeah. So like it was just kind of forgotten the foot and then the footage was found and they re edited and remixed it and it's amazing. You should yeah. check it out. It's extremely beautiful. Oh cool. Oh yeah, yeah. I should watch it. Summer of Soul. Summer of Soul. Did um growing up in New York on the East Coast, do you um as a kid or in, in high school, like do you leave a lot? Where where are the places people go? Because it's such a big dense area and there's so much culture yeah. here. Where do you guys what people do for fun vacation? Do you where yeah. do you go? Yeah, where do you here? go? Around here? I don't know. Well, like yeah. leaving the city. Yeah, what leaving the do? city. I mean we my family we used to go out to Montauk, actually, oh. you know, which is at the end of Long Island. Yeah. And this was before it was cool. I mean I mean from what I hear the past 10 years or something like the sort of the the um what's a really good pejorative word like the the let's say ugliness like the ugliness of the hamptons has sort of crept further eastward and at a certain point it reached montauk you know so the hamptons is before yeah the hamptons is before montauk and that's where like that's where that's where all the wealthy people go that's where the wealthy people go yeah that's where the wealthy people go and um, summer houses and stuff summer houses and like the 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 wealthy people and the famous people and it's just a lot of it's a lot of i've never heard anything good about it yes yeah i mean i'm sure they're fucking you know if you're like puff daddy or whatever i'm sure they're great parties you know but and the beaches are great and like people probably have very fabulous houses but like that's the scene and it like it has and then also just a lot of kind of douchey people, douchey dudes, no. douchey women. Yeah. R- rich people R- yeah, in right, the Hamptons? Exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. come on. So like... It doesn't make sense. Yeah. So so it's just like whatever the douchey scene, like it has sort of crept further eastward. And Montauk is like pretty far. So for a really long time, people just didn't bother to go that far. But from what I've heard, it um, there's, a lot, there's a lot of douchey people out there. Whereas like... Um, when I was growing up, yeah, we used to go out there once a year, sometimes twice a year. My dad would fish. How far away? Like three it's, hour it's drive. Like a three or hour drive or so. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's a sleepy town. It was like fishing town, you know, and not a and and sort of kind of a working class like fishing kind of probably kind of sort of shitty place to live, you know. But but also quiet and and remote and like the beach is beautiful and mm-hmm. and so on. So yeah, we used to go out there. Um, I'd love to go there. Maybe yeah, yeah. These days I come here with my car, I'll drive out. There. Yeah, yeah. You should. I mean, and now would probably be the the be- the wrong time to go. I would go in like October, November, or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, the weather won't be as nice, but but it but like Montauk, Montauk is kind. It's kind of supposed to be empty. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it's supposed like to right be now quiet. Because it's yeah, August. yeah. I'm sure. Like right now, you know, it's just like a lot of mayhem <laughs> out there. You know? I the only thing that reminds me of Montauk is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Sure. When he's right, like right, he ditches right. work. Jim Carrey, yeah, his character Joel, and he's just like, I think I'm gonna get on a train to Montauk, and he goes yeah. there, and it's like kind of cold. He's at the beach. That's yeah. where he, you know, meets Clementine, yeah, or Caesar, right. and that's like my my only like thought of that whole thing. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that kind of captures it in a way. It's like there's there's a magic to it, but it's also like it's also a kind of a drab place, mm-hmm. you know. And it's also it's just like the end of the line. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. Did you grow up? 
where you grew up in Manhattan, was there a lot of times you'd find yourself in uncomfortable situations with like wealthier people? Um, or is uh, that not exactly where you were? Was it was such an issue or a problem? Oh uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, hard to say. I mean, my f- stepfather was made money, and he came from a wealthy family. So I'd say the the interactions, the uncomfortable interactions with wealthy people happened within the context of my extended family. Uh, that, that's where it gets most uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when I was a teenager, my mom and my stepfather actually moved to Connecticut to a town called Greenwich, which is a very well-to-do. Where town. is that? Where? Because you're it's, from. Not from Connecticut. You're from. Um, no, I grew up in in, in the city. You grew up in the city. Yeah. So, Conne- how f- like where is that in Connecticut? It's like an hour from here. It's just over the border. It's the first town in. Connecticut. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, but it's a very hoity-toity kind of fancy, oh, fancy hoity-toity. Place. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, so that was always that that was always you know less fun. Were you? Would you go there? Yeah, yeah. I went there and 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 I divided my time between there. My mom wanted me to go to school up there, and I was sort of like not mm, down. And no, yeah, yeah. It was just it, it was it was did such. You, a, did you feel like out of place? It was such a drag. Yeah, I went to school. I went to a middle school out there for like three days, and and I was just like, uh, it was such a drag, man. It was such a fucking. Do drag. do tell go further into what made it such a drag? Well, I mean, look, like it could have been. <laughs> it, it was middle school, so like it's going to be hard at a new school, no matter what the new school is. But like I had gone from you know from the school that I was going to in the city, which was just like what I knew and kind of what um, I don't know was just like. It was in the city. It was like had the vibrance of the city. Yeah. Very, you know, very diverse school, and like, you know, it was just what I knew. And also, in a way, what our culture values. It's like our culture kind of values like the. Um, I mean, ultimately, you know, our culture just wants you to go fucking work for a bank or whatever. But like, <laughs> but the media, I'd say to a great extent, you know, it values the city. It values the vibrance of the city and the diversity and the different cultures and all this kind of shit. And like what's cool comes from the city. That's where the cool is, you know. And so I went from like being where the cool was to like being in the suburbs, you know, which also wasn't diverse and also wasn't interesting, you know. But it also just wasn't fucking cool, yeah. you know? And so I showed up there and I was just like, I was the new kid and I could see the teasing starting to happen already on like mm. day one. And Were you um, seventh grade or eighth grade? Seventh grade, yeah. I went to a new school grade. in eighth grade. Yeah. So I know, it, I know what that feels like. Yeah, it's fucking, you know, it's a bad situation. And so, um, so yeah, it was, it was super rough and yeah. And it's just like very waspy there in, in, in Greenwich and just like very, everybody's well, well, well off. And it was just sort of like, it was just, it was really a drag. I mean, if I had gone to Greenwich high school, you know, I mean, it's a, it's like one of the best public high schools in the galaxy, you know, because they have so much fucking tax money, you know, you can like study rocket science probably and, and and you know and 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 whatever play lacrosse but I th- like do you find it to be a problem though i do what's that like uh that um that either a public school that has great taxes or a private school like all it's unfair because all it does is breed that wealth to keep growing right right instead of spreading the wealth yeah it yeah. just keeps it focused in a place where those kids get the better education the better yeah, teachers yeah. the better tutoring the better everything and it's safer the whole time yeah so you yeah. get Socially, economically, and educationally, you get all of it. And I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think it's yeah, fair yeah. to... Totally, yeah. You know? 
yeah, that's crappy. I mean, I think for the individuals, you know, it's like maybe you get a better education or whatever. Um, so, so that's great. It's good to get a good education. It's good to get, have the attention of your teachers, you know, and, and not just be a number. Um, but, but yes, uh, on a systemic level, yeah, it's, that's, that's, it's super, it totally sucks. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, um, it's terrible. Yeah. So it's the problem, it's literally the problem we have. It is the problem. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's true. It is emblematic of the, the problem in our society. So whatever, I don't know, maybe that would have been, maybe I would have discovered things and gotten a good education there, but it just wasn't, it, wa- it wasn't what I wanted. And, yeah. and, and so my mom was down enough. She was like, okay, like you want to go back to the city, you go back to the city. And, like, and of course I got back to my, <laughs> my high school, Wag- uh, junior high school Wagner, you know, like on day four of the school year, it was like nobody had even noticed I wasn't yeah. there. At least it was know? a few days. Yeah, my teachers were like, oh, you know. It's there, cool your mom let you go that. back. Some parents would be like, no, you're doing this. Yeah, That's yeah. That's nice that she didn't force you. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And That's interesting. Yeah, so... Um, you know what's fun, though? I, I guess it's not fun. It might be funny, but I realize that it can be uncomfortable for people who are maybe from, like, lesser means or, or more of a working class to, like, be around people who aren't or wealthier people or people who have more money, better education. But... The same is true for them. It's actually uncomfortable for them to be around people that yeah, yeah. aren't like them. Like, it's really just a tribalism type of thing. Yeah, yeah, You definitely. start to realize that. Because I've been around people who, who are from a higher financial situation, and they're just kind of, when they tell you about it, they're just kind of like they feel different or yeah, awkward, yeah. awkward about totally. people. They don't even know what to do. And it's like, oh. So it's the same feeling. It just kind of switched. You, yeah. You realize that the humans just want to belong and if they don't feel like something's matching up they feel uncomfortable they yeah. feel so like social anxiety they feel bad they might yeah. even feel guilty you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah totally yeah totally and i yeah and i i think like um you know i've i've uh, I, my upbringing or whatever is was privileged in, in 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 many ways and like and i think one of the ways that my upbringing was privileged was that um i was exposed to like really like what the kind of the ultra rich vibe is like my stepsister her stepfather. So like, if you feel like doing that math, you know, but <laughs> like anyway, you. you know, like I, I've been around people that are like literally like the, the, the ultra Like wealthy. million millionaires. Straight, yeah. Billionaires, you know? Billionaires. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Like straight up. Well, yeah. Wait, wait. <laughs> My stepsister's stepfather is like a, he's like a Swiss uh, hedge fund guy. He's literally a billionaire. Oh my God. So like, so I've, <laughs> so I've been, I've been around that, you know, like I've never been her, her, we- her wedding was insane. It was insane. How much do you think this wedding cost? Uh, like half, how a, many half li- a million dollars okay, or something. So like how many lives could have been saved? Yeah, 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 right, exactly. But but so so anyway, I don't know. I mean, but that's that's a real that's a privilege, I guess, because it's like access or whatever. That wasn't really a privilege that I that I've decided to use. But it's also a privilege because it's you can you can sort of see and it's sort of like okay, like these people aren't like they're like happy or fulfilled or no. whatever. They're just in their own super weird world and like and. I think there are a lot of people that sort of strive to be ultra wealthy, but like, I think it's, it was really cool to be exposed to that and know that like, actually like that isn't, that isn't what I'm interested in. There's yeah. no, there's no mystery or mystique to it. Cause I, cause I, I spent some time with those people and saw what those people do and it's sort of like, well, I'm not interested in that. So that's great. You know, because I think a lot of people in America are sort of like, they're trying to get rich, obsessed with it. you know, and yeah. it's, and it's sort of like, I, I feel like I've had the privilege of seeing like, oh yeah, be rich, like, you know, like they're 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 better they're better things you know like I don't know like the, that whole culture 
is just like super unappealing. Yeah. You know, like I mean, it's great to have money, of course. Well, you know, at a, at a certain point, enough money to like live and be healthy, right? Be right. safe, yeah. Not yeah. stressed out. Like, what am I going to eat today? Like, how am I supposed to eat? I. I've been there many times, just like I have five bucks. I think I can get a slice of pizza and I'll split it and then it'll last me two days. I get paid Friday. <laughs> it's Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. Crap. Yeah. I, yeah. I had to borrow twenty dollars from a friend just to afford like PB and J and a frozen pizza to get by mm. until Friday. Like that has happened so many times that now that I don't feel that way or I'm in a situation where I don't have to think about that I have to think bigger picture now. I have to think like okay, I have to save up money to like buy a house. I, like I gotta like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I gotta like pay. I gotta off my borrow car. twenty bucks from my friend so I could buy a house. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta like I gotta like I'm trying to pay off my car. I, but the, the yeah. scale like the stress is there, but it scales up and you realize oh if you have a billion dollars now that my airplane my yacht <laughs> yeah yeah my right butler, exactly my caretaker yeah. my private doctor my private like it just scales up to what it is what like the stress you feel now. So there's that sweet middle ground of like. You hear the number, seventy thousand dollars. I think it depends on where you live. Uh huh. Right, In Brooklyn, right. that wouldn't fly. You wouldn't be like, yeah. I'm sitting pretty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can still survive, but it just wouldn't be like. I think it depends on where you are, but I don't know. I think at a certain point, you really don't need beyond like as an individual, like a hundred grand. Yeah, yeah. I guess yeah, depending depending where you are. But you know? yeah, I mean, it's it's yeah, it's it's um. There are just people that just continually strive. And, I know and people who live off way less than that, and they're just fine. Oh yeah, way sure. Less. I mean, yeah, I've been I've been living on very little for a long yeah, time. Yeah, me too. <laughs> you I, know, that's why I still have a bunch of roommates. Yeah, like, right. I'm right there. I I feel you. Yeah, yeah. You can you can you can totally make it work. Yeah. But but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's 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 fucked up because because um, so many people. Um, in our country have just amassed like such a huge proportion of the wealth. And it's just sort of like, it's like, why guys? Like what, you know, like what are they, what are they after? You know, uh, it's a problem because if chances are, if you're making billions or hundreds of millions of tens of millions, if you're just in that place where you're just beyond like tens of millions of dollars in wealth, I don't care who you are. Chances are more than not, Someone's being hurt somewhere. You're exploiting somebody uh, somewhere. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Someone's dying somewhere. Some <laughs> something bad is happening to someone somewhere for you to be a billionaire. <laughs> like I don't care who you are. How do you have that money? Right, right. You can walk it backwards. Yeah. You probably own a lot of stuff, and that stuff's probably why you have all the money because someone else isn't making enough. Yeah. Well, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's we live in a very unequal society and in a very unequal world. I mean, I think we're all implicated in the in the suffering of of others and i think yeah. it's i think it's a great fallacy that people are chasing that that they could somehow be free of that yeah um especially sort of in our like our now our sort of more progressive and liberal world it's like forget it like you think you're gonna like get away from being Im- implicit Im- implicated in the suffering and the war machine it's like no you yeah. know i mean you can you can minimize it um, and you can act to minimize it, but it's like we're all we're all implicated. Yeah. But yeah, if you're but those that are making a hundred thousand times more money than we are are a hundred thousand times more implicated in it. Yeah. You know. So so they have more they have more responsibility. Absolutely. It's know? a dilemma I face every day where I'm just like, I could try to make more money off things I'm doing, or I could like try to grow what makes me happy and like mm-hmm. what makes other people happy and what's fun. Yeah. You know, and find a balance between that. But at a certain point. If you're if you have that much money and you're making that much money, other people are really suffering. And I I hate the story of like 
well, they work really hard. It's like, yeah, I know a lot of people work really hard, and they don't have anything. Yeah, whatever. I yeah. know I know plenty of people who work two, three jobs. Yeah. You know, 15 hours a day, six days a week. Maybe they take off Sunday, and they only make, like, 50 grand a year. Yeah. So, like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, more than not, people who make a lot of money work a lot. They do. That's yeah. just they're chasing their money. Of yeah, course. but it's not proportional. But I know a lot of people who do that. So like, that's a bad excuse. <laughs> yeah, totally. Most people work a lot. I work a lot. Mm-hmm. People work all the time. Like, there are people who are not as productive or a little bit more lazy. But that's not who we're talking about. Yeah, it's a bad idea or a bad excuse when you hear, oh, like they work really hard for the money. They work a lot. It's like, dude, who, everyone who's trying to survive works a lot. What yeah, are you talking yeah. about? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's very few people make good money and don't really work a lot. Yeah. And very few people who have a family and are trying to survive and have a, a car and pay for their kid to go to college, they're working a lot too. Yeah, it's totally. just a different way. It's just a, a, a job or a title that's not as respectable. Maybe they didn't go to college. Maybe they right. don't have a job that has associate or executive in front of it. Yeah. You know, and that's it. But they're doing really hard work. My, my dad worked extremely hard his whole life. He, ne- he never made anything. And... Not anything. He didn't make what he should have. He was not valued properly. Uh, a company that was a steel industry. I mean, mm-hmm. the steel industry? Yeah. Everything is steel. Right. Yet, for some reason, the people that are making it all happen, shipping it and packaging it and forklifting and crane operating, they're yeah. like 19 bucks an hour yeah, in a warehouse. Man. And, you know, the heat we were, we were living today, imagine yeah. that every day in the summer, just shipping metal and yeah. that's all you're getting. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's so it's so harsh. It's so harsh. But yeah, that's that's the deal. That's the deal that we've that we've all. Um, we need to rewire our value. Yeah, a new. We need a new deal. But yeah, that's been that's been the <laughs> yeah. deal for the past. I don't know, forty, fifty years in this country. Um, you know, it's it's uh, and it seems to only be getting worse. I don't know. I mean, we don't need to go into that topic. But <laughs> I mean, we but it's like yeah. To. I don't know. I just I remember reading <laughs> something in the Times about like. You know the 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 government is you know spending trillions of dollars and like what they were <laughs> the goal of one of these initiatives was to slow the acceleration of the of the wealth inequality. <laughs> it's like forget about forget about stopping the acceleration of the wealth inequality. Forget about turning around wealth equality. Like the best that they could do with trillions of dollars was to slow the acceleration rate of <laughs> wealth yeah. inequality. It's yeah. like we're so deep in this in this wealth inequality. Um, on this wealth inequality path, though, it's like to yeah to turn it around. I mean, it's gonna it's, it's, it's gonna, a big ship. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not gonna be easy. But anyway, I'm trying. <laughs> it's hard. Well, you're trying to make a billion dollars. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't want that much money ever. I want. I would like to not have debt of any kind. Mm-hmm. So whatever that means, just no debt, like no car payment. And yeah. Then, like, right. Right. Right have an easy time paying off like a mortgage like that's it yeah and like do what i love to do yeah you know and travel and do what i love to do and do what i did here today with you everywhere in the country and everywhere right. in the world you know that's yeah. the goal so just do sessions and podcasts everywhere yeah I yeah i mean it. and yeah if there are people out there that appreciate what you're doing that should totally be enough you know yeah that it's, should be it's enough but it's hard though um you have to make money to live yeah and you know, a place like Brooklyn's expensive. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, this is not a cheap place at all. Even yeah. like the items I buy at the store, it's everything. The simplest things like a dollar, two dollars more. It's like right. an avocado by me is a dollar ninety nine. Here yeah. it's two ninety nine. Right. Same thing. Yeah. It's like, but like you're like, oh, it's only a dollar. It's like that is 
like a 50% or 100% markup. Like <laughs> yeah, right. One exactly. was two, and now it's three. So it just went up a whole 50%. Yeah, like, yeah. That's huge. So if everything does that. Then yeah, yeah, everything does that around here. I'm like, why are so expensive? Like, that's weird. The taco, I went to this place, had good tacos. $5. By me, they were like two fifty three. Yeah. I'm like, why did I pay $5 for it? I mean, it was a good taco, but. Yeah. It's nearly double what I'm used to paying. Yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> so, yeah, it's an expensive place. Yeah, it's an expensive town. Wh- sure. Why did you choose Brooklyn out of all places? Um, I mean, I think it's where it's where the action is, you know. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um for, you know, in a lot of different kinds of action, but um but yeah, like where sort of the venues are and where friends are playing and where you know, you know where people are playing music, you know. It's mm-hmm. kind of in, in this North Brooklyn kind of yeah, kind of vibe. I mean, places in Manhattan too, but less less so. Um, it's a sweet area. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. It's daunting. Yeah, but I could see the appeal so much. Yeah, you know, I've been walking a lot. I've probably walked like I don't even know thirty, forty miles since mm-hmm. in the last week. Yeah, yeah. And it's just been really cool learning the area, seeing everything. I've been yelled at so many times. I am oh, such really? a tourist. Well, yelled not, at for just. Taking up the bike lane, just like someone oh, screaming. Right. I'm like, I didn't know where I was. <laughs> I'm like trying to figure this out. Like people in yeah. cars, I drove a couple times. People in cars yelling at me. Like, oh, totally. This totally. one guy today. I'm going to Walgreens to pick up batteries for the recording device to record on the rooftop. And this guy drives past the parking spot in Walgreens. So I'm like, oh, cool. And I take it. And he comes back up to me. He's like, that's my spot. I'm like, oh, I, I didn't know you like went past it. And he's like, I went past it so I could reverse into. I'm like, oh, I didn't know you. Like, there's no signal. Like nothing. Yeah. He was like screaming at me, and I was really nice. I was like, "Okay, I'll, I'll I'll get out of the way. You can have it. I get what you were doing. You just were not good at making it obvious." Yeah. And he was just mad the whole time. I was like, "Dude, I was nice about it." Right. You're the one who I think he was more mad because he's like, "Crap, I made the mistake of not indicating like I'm taking the spot." Right. Right. No signal, nothing. Just went past it. Yeah. And then after you were like, "Okay," he was still just like. Well, yeah, you better get out of yeah, this yeah, yeah. He was like pissed. Yeah. I was like, all right. I, I've been yelled at so many times. This this That's woman yelled funny, at me yesterday man. in Manhattan. I was like, cr- like getting out of the bike lane off the Williamsburg Bridge. I didn't realize it, like the pathway turned into a bike lane. And she just screamed at me like, get out of the bike lane. I was like, I, I didn't know. I like, it just turned into it. Yeah, like, yeah. I just made the mistake. Yeah. I'm not from here. I'm looking at all these buildings, trying to figure out where I'm at. I'm walking yeah. everywhere. I mean, I walked from... Bushwick and Johnson to like the middle of Manhattan, like four miles across the bridge is great. Yeah. But I'm just like, it's funny because I don't have these problems in Chicago. I never get, yeah. I know where, I know how to do everything. How yeah. To and here I'm like, I just feel like a dork. People are That's screaming. Funny. At yeah. Me. I mean, but the thing is, yeah, it's, there are just so many people in oh the city. Oh God, there's like, too many I always, people yeah, here. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how it feels. Like this, apparently this is the number of people that it takes to have the things that are here that we want, you know, but, but like, but yeah, I, I I always notice that when it's like, I don't know, it's like 2.30 in the morning and I'm like on some stri- side street and it's like I still managed to, to like be in somebody's way. You know what I mean? There's just, there's so many people everywhere all of the time that it's like, even if you're just like standing on the street listening to some music, like in the middle of the sidewalk and there's literally, it's the middle of the night you know, or looking at your phone or whatever, it's like somebody will like push you out of the way. You know what I mean? It's like, there's just like, there's shit happening everywhere all the time. (laughs) Everyone is so ruthless. It's, I think people who live are so used to it because everyone who lives there is just like, yeah, it's a great place. People are nice. I was like, what are you, 
talking about? <laughs> like, you're blind and also you're biased. Right. Because they got the best pizza they got. It's like yeah. any place that's notorious for food is going to be good at it. Right, right. Like, that's why they're notorious for the food. I don't know if you didn't know that's how it works, but it yeah, is. Yeah. So if it's like, yeah, New York's good for hot dogs and pizza. What else is good for hot dogs and pizza? Chicago. <laughs> so clearly they're both good and everyone's just like, no, that one's better. It's like, why does it just so happen to be that people from New York say New York's better <laughs> and people from Chicago say Chicago? Maybe this tribalism bias thing's going on. Like, Yeah, yeah. It's so obvious. They're yeah, both yeah. good. They're both different. Apples and oranges. And they're both yeah. really good. I like them both. I'm so biased towards Chicago pizza. It's what I know. It's what I grew up with. The right. sauce, way more... Of cheese on it, way less right, cheese right. here. Um, they're just different. Huh. It's just different. But, like, they're really good. Yeah. They're just different. So, like, I can't help but lean towards my home, like, what I know my whole life having pizza every Friday right, night. Right, without the illusion of, like, that means that it's the best. But I'm, I'm, I I can get to, like, I can't help but love that one more, but I'm fully aware, like, they're both really good for different reasons. Right. And no one else can share that with me. Everyone's like, no. Yeah, yeah, people yeah, like, have to have you? their thing. Yeah, I was hanging out with some people the other day uh, in Crown Heights, and one of them was like, man, the B-46 is just the best bus in the city. And I'm just like, <laughs> no, it's just your bus. Yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> nothing good about You know what Have I mean? Have you taken every bus? Yeah, right, exactly. I, I hate when someone goes <laughs> to a city or is talking about something like, that city sucks. Like, really? You went everywhere in the whole city. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. You saw exactly. all of Boston. You just know the whole thing, and now you can go, that city sucks. Yeah. You went there one time. <laughs> you went to an Airbnb or hotel. You went to a game. You went and got food. You walked around. You didn't like a couple of things. You're like, this city sucks. It's like millions of people. Like, how are you going to just judge suck. the whole thing? I, I yeah. get it all the time with Chicago. People coming in like, the city sucks. It's like, really? Because everyone who lives there loves it. So <laughs> I think it's because you haven't seen any of it and you're comparing it to where you're from. Yeah. And that's yeah. the same thing with New York. This is the best city ever. It's like, really? I can't drive anywhere. <laughs> I can't do anything. I have been walking everywhere. I have a car here, but it's almost faster to walk. And I've oh, been yeah, walking no, everywhere. Yeah, I walked here today drive, with a bunch yeah. of gear, half mile, because it's like driving, losing my parking spot, trying to find a new one, waiting in line. I oh, know. Yeah. That doesn't All make any sense. All these ridiculous one yeah. ways. I'm just like, What's the point? Yeah, no, you no, know? no, you don't want to drive. You I mean, I've never, drive. I've never owned a car, and I know most like, people who live around here don't. Yeah, like, like my partner doesn't own a car. It's hilarious. I'm just like, I live in the suburbs. You have to have a car. Yeah, you yeah. have to have a car. Yeah, right there are a lot of places where you need. A it's car. a perfect middle ground. Like, I go to the city a lot. Chicago's not hard to find parking because it's, it's packed. But Brooklyn is has nearly as many in population as Chicago, and it's one borough. Mm-hmm. So right. Think yeah. About that. Right. Right. When I when I was born on Wikipedia and I saw that I was like, wow, yeah, that's disturbing. Right, one spot has, I think Chicago's like two point nine and Brooklyn's like two point seven million. Oh yeah, it's like that close. I'm like that's crazy. Yeah. well, Brooklyn was a was a separate city um, till eighteen ninety eight, right? Yeah, till yeah, Why relatively recently. <laughs> relatively recently. <laughs> yeah, well, settled in sixteen thirty. So probably before I came like here, I read a lot about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I, I like to like know where things are. Um, yeah, I walked so much, right. people were stopping me, asking me. I was eating a taco yesterday, and this guy with the earbuds in, because I'm by myself, this guy taps me on the shoulder, and he's like, hey, do you do you know where uh, Humboldt is and, and uh, um, what was it, Metropolitan? I'm like, for some reason I knew. I was like, yeah, you're going to want to go two blocks that way. And he's like, thanks. I'm like, that guy has no idea I've been here for five days. <laughs> I don't know where anything is. But for some reason, I remembered where it was. Yeah, and yeah. another person asked me, like, Hey, where's Fifth? And I was like, 
I didn't want to say like we're around third, so like do the math. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like two blocks that way. And she's like, yeah. oh, thanks. I was like, okay, this is funny. I've given two directions. I don't know where anything is, but I've just been walking it and just paying attention. Right. And I feel like, like within a, a year, way. I'm gonna know this whole place like the back of my hand. It's. I mean, it's pretty big. But I'm gonna walk everywhere. I, I walk a lot. I, yeah. I'm a big. I usually like back home for exercise. I do like mm-hmm. five, six miles every day. So that's what I've been doing to make up for it here. That's what, yeah. That's the way to get around here. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, I bike. That's my that's my bike, way of getting around. You know, I'm not biking just yet. It's intense. Yeah. It's intense. I'm like, let me learn this more, and then I'll graduate to bike. Yeah. And then oh, I'll, I'll start using the train more in public transportation once I yeah. learn that because that's a whole nother beast. Yeah, I don't know that. Yeah, it's it's not super appealing this time of year. Like, oh and you God. have to wear a mask these days, so it's just like ninety five degrees of mask yeah. piled with like a million like, people. Yeah, it's like really hot down there. Why do we do it? Why do people love it here so much and, when it's just pure pain? Yeah, and torture. Yeah, and hell. I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, you've been here your whole life. You could probably give a good answer. Why? Dude, I don't know. I'm thinking about getting out of here. You should. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not living here forever. Yeah, I, yeah. I have already established that in my circumstance. Like a couple of years, yeah. I'll do the Chicago, New York city thing. It's it's pretty fun. It's fun again when you don't have like family obligations and like right, you're just right. trying to figure out stuff. So you're just having a good time. Yeah, I'm having fun. I'm like ordering pizza at random places, going to the park, recording new bands, doing this, just like having yeah. fun. And this is the time to do it. I've never done this. I didn't, I didn't go away to college. I just commuted. Right, I, I never right. did the leave. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's exciting. I so, mean, there's a lot of exciting things happening here. I mean, I think less right now just because of the circumstances, you know. Sure. But but there's, yeah, there's a ton of shit going on and lots of stuff to explore. And it's, uh, yeah, it's really cool. It seems cool. kind of endless. Yeah, it is. It is endless. But in that regard, it almost seems too endless as far as saturations where it's like, Right, yeah, you can get do, lost in it. And, yeah. Do people care about your art? Are you going to get noticed because everyone's trying to do it? So well, the competition yeah, is, right. you know, through the roof. Yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty hard to get people's attention, you know. <laughs> As a musician, do you run into that problem a lot? Yeah, I mean, I think, I don't know, I think it would be fair to say that nobody gives a fuck about the music that I make, you know. I um, liked it a lot. Cool, thank I you. I can't wait to listen to it. Cool, thanks. Yeah, I mean, it's... But it's yeah, it's 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 uh, you know it's hard to get people's attention and and um, and I'm a sort of an introverted person anyway. So do you uh, put it out there a lot or no? I mean, somewhat. Uh, the the what I was playing today is kind of part of like a set of music that I've performed a handful of times, you know, over the past few years. I mean, not really for the past two years, but over the past you know few years before before um, the pandemic and um, and. And that's cool, but like, yeah, it's it's it's. Uh, I I haven't I haven't figured out a way for myself to make it really make make a lot of sense. You know, I think I think the the key is community. You know, and some people they can they can really find their community, but um, but uh, but yeah, it's a really big city. You Do you know? not have a sense of that here? With not musicians? really. It's pretty disparate. You know, it's hmm. pretty disparate. I mean, my interests are also disparate, so that. That doesn't help. What are your interests that make it feel so? Separated? I mean, I'm just into very different kinds of music, you know, and I play very different kinds of music. So, like for a while, I was like kind of part of the old time scene, you know, because oh. I was organizing this jam session, and so I just met a lot of people. I played with a lot of people, you know. I mean, there weren't really many like gigs, you know, but there were some gigs, you know, and there were just people and whatever. 
Um, so I was a part of that scene for a while. What do you play within that uh, scene? Bass. Upright bass. bass. yeah. When did you start playing upright bass? Uh, in high school. Okay. So yeah. you play upright bass, piano, mm-hmm. you sing. Yeah. Percussion? The, not really. Those are my things. Sing, singing. Guitar? N- nah. I mean, I can play, play a few chords, but no. Nah. Right. Um, yeah, p- it's piano, piano, bass, and singing. Cool. Are my things, yeah. Cool. So that's how you met Anne. Yeah, that's how yeah. I met, that's how I met Anne, Anne Peel, yeah. And, um... So that that's a community, you know, there's sort of the free improvised music community that I don't really play that much in that scene, but I know a lot of people in that scene. But there's like a zillion scenes, you know, there's like the old time kind of oldie kind of jazz scene or there's like the whatever noise music scene or there's like punk or there's like, you know, the people that are like Trump trying to play pop music to get on the radio scene. There's like the Do they cross over? Do these, these scenes, or they stay to their parts? Like, I, I, is there a show you'd go to and there'd be like four different bands? Um, like very different? Yeah, yeah. I guess that, that does happen. Yeah. Yeah, that does happen. Um, but um, but maybe, yeah, maybe not that much. Maybe it is a little bit ghettoized, you know? Because where I'm from, I, I mean, I put on countless shows. Yeah. And I would deliberately just make every band pretty different. Right, right. And the shows I'd go to, same thing. Like, so many different bands, which is really cool. Right. Chicago's music yeah. scene is really sick, really right. tight. There is a huge community. Right. Very helpful. Like, the Facebook page, DIY Chicago, is probably the best version of that that I've ever seen in the world. Mm-hmm. And how I know is I've looked up every major city's version of that, and there's way less members Right. We communicate a lot less. When I reached out to New York City yeah. DIY on Facebook, it was kind of sad, the response I got. Yeah. I was like, okay, that's weird. I'm offering to do like a bunch of free sessions and one person bites. Like, yeah. There's 10 million people here. Yeah. One person bites. I was like, this is ridiculous. In yeah. Chicago, I would be, my email box would fill up. Yeah. Huh. That's so, interesting. Yeah. I mean, there's just, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot going but on. But then I here. found that out when I was talking to a musician I worked with today when I mentioned that. And he's like, yeah. there's a bunch of like sub Facebook pages and like every neighborhood has like their own. Oh, it's not like okay. one big one. So oh, it's just, it's just like separate. It's just different. Yeah. I didn't realize that I wasn't taking on the same beast. I was taking on multiple different beasts. Yeah, you know? right. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, the city's really big. You know, it's <laughs> yeah, it really is. big. Like there's a lot it's of people big. doing, yeah, doing a lot of different stuff, you know. It's cool. It's exciting, but it is overwhelming yeah it's daunting yeah definitely i'm excited though i i i I have high hopes i'm gonna go just put everything into it why not yeah 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 totally but yeah to answer your question i mean i just i feel like um there are just there are these scenes that yeah i don't think they overlap that much you know i mean Mm -hmm. there are a lot of people that are in this city like and i've and i've met a lot of them because i used to work in catering and they work in catering. There's a lot of people that have come here because they want to be on Broadway. You know, mm-hmm. they're like really into musical theater and they're probably fucking super sick singers, you know, and they're probably great actors too and they can dance and all this kind of shit. And that's what they want to do. And then there are people that are like, you know, really heavy into tra- traditional American folk music, you know, and then there are people that are like really heavy into like microtonal fucking synth pop, you know, and you're not going to go to a show where there's going to be show tunes yeah. and then there's going to be yeah. a string band and then there's going to be microtonal synth pop. Like there, like there is mixing between scenes, but uh, you, know, you know what I mean? I and do, so yeah. in that way, it's sort of like, it's like there's just so many people doing so many different kinds of things that are like, to a great extent, like mutually exclusive, you know? So, so, so some, so if you're super into Broadway, 
you know, I, I don't know. It's just like, for me, it's like, I don't know that music that I make. Well, like, what the fuck is that music? Yeah. You know, where, do, where does that music situate? It's, it, it's in some kind of experimental somewhat music, but that isn't like noise and it isn't improvised. Um, but like, I, I don't feel like I've really, and this is just totally personally. And like, maybe, um, maybe I will figure this out or maybe I won't, but like, I don't feel like I've really found a scene that, I can feel at home in, you know, mm. whereas maybe if, um, maybe if I were into a music that was a little bit more, that had a little bit more of a community around it, like the jazz or like the old time or like the punk or whatever, you know, or the noise, you know, that like maybe that kind of thing would happen a little bit more naturally. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't know whether that's the scene and whether that's a, fa a, a New York thing or whether that's just something that I'm not tackling in the right way, yeah. you know, but, but I definitely don't feel like I've gotten a lot of traction for my particular kind of music that I play for whatever reason. Like there isn't a community that, that I've really found like where I can make that happen, you know, mm -hmm. which, which sucks, you know? Yeah. yeah <laughs> I mean, it it's, I mean, I'm, and I'm, I'm, like immeasurably dispirited about that, you know. Like, there's no end. What, <laughs> you know, what, what to, kind of music would you say if you had a, if you had to put it into a box? Uh, you were trying to find a, a, a group. Yeah, a community. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, um, it's it's whatever that is that I'm playing. You know, it's kind of. I'd play with you. Oh, cool! Thanks. I brought my my. I have a Vox amp, some pedals, and a Strat, and I make crazy ambient sounds. And oh yeah experimental music all the time cool atonal i play the guitar i don't play the guitar i play the guitar i, I, I use the whole thing as an instrument yeah. not just the six strings you know so yeah let's play some well music. yeah let's play then <laughs> yeah <laughs> like i was saying when you were talking about poly measure polyrhythm yeah, yeah syncopating these different time signatures it's so I brought it up because I was like, dude i'm right there yeah I, I i have a hard time finding people that are into that or that that occurs naturally out of them when they play, you know? Right. It's a hard thing. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a weird thing. And I'm sure that there are other people that are interested in it or something, but I just, I haven't, I don't know if there's a, if there's a cool. scene. Cool, we'll start a, we'll start a weird band. We'll yeah. a bunch of people. Okay. Let's do it. You okay. Heard, you heard yeah. it here first. <laughs> totally. Okay. Okay, great. <laughs> Look at that. That was I mean, easy. I've got the space, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm only a point four miles away. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> cool. That's funny. Yeah, we got to find a, a bass player. Yeah. Because you're going to play keys. So. Yeah. And then I don't know if we do drums. We don't need to have drums. Cool. You know, you probably know a ton of musicians. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. But I know we can talk about it. <laughs> you're like, we don't have to talk about it, Mike. Yeah. I <laughs> know <laughs> that's a bad idea. It's like, this is printed. We can't be talking about it. Like yeah, this. right. Because that's a promise. We can't keep sometimes. <laughs> um, yeah. So. You've been playing music pretty much your whole life. Yeah. Do you have any records out? And if so, like how many? Um, yeah, I have a few. Uh, I guess I have like, th I guess like three or four, okay. you know, that are under the name Out of Sight of Land. So that's like, that's the music that I've been writing for the past, you know, 10, 12 years, something like that. Um, so I released an album, my first album of songs. When was that? It was like 2013, something like that. 2012, mm -hmm. 2013. I was playing the accordion. Another 
It's short. It's like six songs. Another short album the following year, which was, I think, only was like three songs. And um, a friend of mine in Montreal orchestrated some of those songs for like a small orchestra, and we recorded that. Um, so there was, and I was still playing accordion at that time. So that all happened, you know, about seven or eight years ago. And then I recorded a bunch of stuff in my room here during the, um, during like the shutdowns, lockdown, whatever, you know, last April, May. Um, and I've put that online with, um, with animations that I made. Oh, you do animation? Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, our mutual friend, she, she, uh, she, um, has helped me out a little bit with, with animation as well. Yeah. So, so that would, I would consider that to be an album too, although it doesn't, it just exists on Bandcamp. Mm. Um, so it's like maybe four albums, you know, they're they're all pretty short, but I like a short album, you know, how, what, like what length do you consider short? Um, well, I mean, yeah, like 25 minutes or something like that, you know, Mm -hmm. um, nothing is longer than that, you know? Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, so there are a handful of, there are a handful of those albums of my own music and I'm, and I recorded some stuff a year and a half ago of what I played today. Um, I recorded and a friend of mine who's a percussionist recorded percussion tracks for it and just finally got me the final versions a couple weeks ago and I'm going to mix them this in a few weeks. Okay. Um, with a friend in, in Quebec. So, so that, so I'm going to release, uh, an, an album soon. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a name for it or you? Keeping that secret for now. Yeah, I don't really know, actually. I'm I'm bad with titles. I struggle with titles. Mm -hmm. Um, But it'll probably still be Out of Sight of Land. Yeah, I got to figure out. Out of Sight of Land. Out of Sight of Land. The name of everything you've done? Yeah, yeah. How'd you come up with that name? Uh, I mean, I pulled it out of Moby Dick, you know? Mm. Um, But um, but I just, I wanted, I wanted... um, I wanted a name for my project that was a phrase. You yeah, know? that's and a cool name. Cool, thanks. Yeah, I like that. yeah, yeah. So I was just, I was just looking for. Definitely refers to the sea. Yeah, 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 and, and uh, you know, there's things about the ocean that are very appealing to me, and the and the and the music, the songs that I used to write, maybe talked a little bit more about the ocean. Mm. Um, it's and so weird to be near the ocean right now, but I feel like I'm not because I'm just surrounded by the city. Yeah, I was just thinking about that riding feeling. home. Yeah, I really got to get out to the beach. I haven't been out. Where's the nearest like safe beach? As far as like, it doesn't feel like you're swimming in toxic waste. Oh yeah, I mean anywhere out on out on Rockaway. Yeah, where's that? Um, it's like it's just if you just drive south, you know, if you get on Bedford and you just keep driving. You know, eventually, eventually, you'll pretty much get to the Rockaways. And How far is that from here? Like Ten miles. Yeah. Oh, okay, just far enough to get from the New York Sludge. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's pretty clean out there. So yeah, I bike. I bike out there sometimes. That's cool. Um, and it's great. You know, it's beautiful out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we are really close to the ocean, but it's like you wouldn't even know it. Like you kind of have to make the effort. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it. No, uh, growing up on Lake Michigan. I've always right, had a sense of it because we, we'd yeah, go to the beach yeah. for fun. We'd go to the dunes in Indiana, Michigan all the time. Yeah. Like, all the time. It's an hour away. And now I'm here. I'm like surrounded by the Atlantic Ocean. I feel like it, even though I saw the Hudson and the river many, many, many times, mm-hmm. I feel like I haven't seen the ocean. I'm like, yeah, it's yeah. just all city. And I don't even, I'm right by the ocean. I don't even, haven't even seen it really. Yeah. 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 You got to, you got to be intentional about it. But you can maybe take, the, you can take the subway out there. I might, maybe tomorrow we might go swimming it was an idea we'll see how we feel maybe we'll go drive a couple hours yeah 
go somewhere. Yeah, there will be there, kind of fun. There will be a lot of people at the beach tomorrow, I'm sure. Yeah, Saturday <laughs> and the East Coast and this heat. Yeah. Maybe something in Connecticut, like something far. I want to get like, where I'm like, I feel like I'm not in a city anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, you can do that. I mean, just drive out to Long Island. You yeah, know. if you can get out of this hectic place. It's so hard to just get anywhere yeah. with a car. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's not it's not it's not built for cars really. So you you never had a car? No. Driver's no. license? Yeah, I have a driver's license. Yeah, my mom lived in the suburbs, so so I learned to drive up there mm. um, when I was a teenager, which was great. Um, and I had a motorcycle for a while. That's oh, the cool. only vehicle I've ever owned. Those things are crazy. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. That was like five or six years ago. I bought a motorcycle and I did a did a couple tours when I was playing the accordion. Just like with the accordion and the bells, you know. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. It was around cool. the country or um not that far. It was like around like eastern Canada. So oh, okay. I, I was living in Quebec at the time. So like Ontario, Quebec, and then out to Nova Scotia. Oh, okay. And I guess I ca- I came down here though. No, that's yeah, I played I played like shows in like New York and Massachusetts and Vermont. Why and why Canada? Did you just fall in love with it after college? Um yeah, I don't know. It's a pretty good place to live. Yeah. 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 I lived up there for a long time. That's cool. I've always yeah. wanted to go to Montreal. Never been. Oh, yeah. It's cool. It's worth it. Yeah. It's definitely worth it, um, especially in the summer. You got musician friends up there? Yeah. I'll have to go there and send me their information. Oh, cool. I'll yeah. Do, yeah, yeah I'll absolutely. do what we did tonight with them. Oh, cool. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah for sure. I could put you in touch with people That'd up there. That'd be sick. Yeah. Um, I only I know one like one or two people there that are musicians like that's it I don't really know many yeah 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 I mean unfortunately I don't know as many people as I used to because it's been almost 10 years since I really lived in Montreal Mm -hmm. Um, but but I still have friends there for sure I heard nothing but good things about that city yeah 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 and yeah and there's a good cultural scene up there yeah Um, and um, yeah it's cool I wonder whether I might end up back up there at some point you know yeah yeah do you feel um because you feel very topsy-turvy with your music situation mm-hmm. and even your living situation, the way you feel yeah. like, you know, I, I've been thinking about like getting out. Yeah. And then just being like, you know, your age, no, no kids, right? So it's just yeah. like, do you feel like you're just going to be pulled somewhere eventually soon? Yeah, I, I like- mean, I was, I was, uh, I let myself get pulled and I pulled myself around to a lot of places for a while. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so my my project for the past few years has been not to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, so it's been five years that I've been in New York. But now it's been five years, and it's sort of like, man, I don't necessarily feel like I'm really accomplishing my goals here. Mm-hmm. Um, so so maybe I would take off again. But I don't know. Yeah, for a while, like I left Montreal. I moved to Palestine. I was teaching um, music there, and then. In, in the Middle East. In the Palestine. Middle East, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, yeah, not like Palestine, Texas or something. Yeah. Um, and um, and then I was back here for a little while, and then I... Um, why there? Uh, why Palestine? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Arabic, you know? Arabic. Like, I mean, the mu- the, the music, the, the language is just so beautiful. It's cool, right? Yeah. Absolutely. It's like, it's like overwhelmingly awesome. What was that like for you? Um, it was cool. I mean, it was insane. I was there for a year, you know, which is a while, but it also isn't that long, you know, in a way. Um, so, so, you know, I got some impression of, of, of the culture there, the political, the fraught political situation there. It's a difficult place. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's a, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a really troubled place. Being half Jewish, how did you, how did Uh, that perspective Yeah. I mean, I kept that under wraps, you know. 
sure you yeah. did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There are some who there are some who don't, but I I I, I kept it under wraps. Um, also, because I, I I was super into the church in Ramallah, where I was where I was living, there was this great church, Orthodox church, and like it was just like all music. That was really cool. Mm. The Orthodox church in Ramallah, in like the old old city of Ramallah, like um, it's like the, the, there's no speaking. There's no speaking. Like every single word is sung. You know, it's like really? and the services are long too. So it's like everything is chanted. And then there's a cantor that sings or like a group of dudes that's, it's like, it's, you know, the patriarchy is strong out there. So like, it's all dudes, you know, at, at the, that are running the show, but like the, the cantor sings and then like a group of dudes are chanting together or like everybody's singing. And then like, there is a sermon and the sermon is spoken, but like, but like, it's just like two hours of song, you know? And like there are a lot of the melodies come back, like, you know, over the course of those, over the course of the service and um and you know incense and icons and and the vestments and i mean it's just like it's it's the best you know it's so cool that's wild um so so if i had said to anybody oh yeah like i'm also i'm Jew-, like they wouldn't have even computed like you were saying like it's pretty weird to be jewish and christian it's like it's even pretty weird in in the us like like it doesn't exist in other places yeah. you know it's just it, it doesn't even fly fucking well in compute Palestine. they'd be like what yeah exactly well, it doesn't even make any sense yeah. you know? <laughs> so so like there when i was there i was christian you know? yeah um, I mean, some people knew that I had a Jewish background, and if you Google me, you'll see me singing in synagogue choirs and stuff. Like, yeah. it's, it wouldn't take a lot of digging, you know. But, um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't navigate Palestine as a as, as, as a Jew. You know? Did you go to Israel? Like, yeah, yeah, pretty regularly. I was actually playing in a band in uh, that was um, Palestinians in the north of Israel. Mm-hmm. So I, d- I did a lot of traveling, and I spent a lot of time inside inside Israel, but like in in sort of Palestinian communities within Israel. Wow, you know? that's a, that's a debacle. I'll never understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's yeah. That's such a wild and complicated and insane history. Like, yeah, the craziest history. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a real mess. Yeah, it's not yeah. really worth. It's not even really worth going there. But um, no, no, no. I don't, I don't even know enough. Yeah, well, I'm no, not going to pretend like I do. Yeah, I mean, nobody does, <laughs> yeah. you know. And, yeah. and um, except the Israelis, they know everything, you know. I couldn't resist. can't even say no. shots fired. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know. I mean, whatever. It's just. Well, you have more insight than I do. You went there. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, I speak from experience. But no, I mean, it's, it's. I'm I'm not I'm not trying to whatever like uh, take a side or anything. It's just it's it's a it's a real it's a real mess of a, of a situation. And it obviously it is it is. Um, I said I didn't want to go there, but it, <laughs> it, it you know it's 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 clearly it's a it's a colonial project. You know, so it's just it bears all of the it bears all of the um, problems and injustices that that um, that that system has borne all over the world you know mm-hmm. so it's 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 basically that kind of phenomenon yeah um so yeah it's a it's a big fucking mess but like but um but uh yeah but yeah arabic language arabic um music you know food culture the whole so culture on. yeah yeah it's so, it so was just, cool yeah it was it was i was just super curious about it and i wish it wasn't so misunderstood and misrepresented in america you know yeah yeah i mean it's a 
Yeah, yeah, for amongst, sure. Amongst, amongst the white culture, amongst white Christians, it's such a, because it's like the arch nemesis, like Islam is like. Yeah, right, it's true. Yeah, it used to be the Russians. Now it's sort of the Russians again, <laughs> which is ironic. Um, but it was especially ironic, now, now I'm talking about politics, it was especially ironic during the Trump administration where it's like all the progressives now all of a sudden were like fear-mongering about Russia. It's like, dudes, like this is like the same script from the Cold War that you decided was bullshit, right? Yeah. It's like, but but it's like everybody, you know, there always has to be an enemy and a nemesis. So it's like, yeah, it's like the Islamic, you know, the Muslim terrorists, you know, or like the Russian communists or the this or the that, you know. It's like it's super unfortunate and, and it's very, very shallow. Unfortunate. You know. It, it there's so many beautiful cultures and like branches away from the religion. Like, forget about the religion for a second. Just the culture, the food, the history, like Arabic language and that that whole society is responsible for like a lot of modern mathematics and algebra. It's right, yeah, yeah. Beautiful totally. that we we have it still. Yeah. We needed, yeah. It, we needed it. And it was saved and, and tarnished, totally. you know. And totally. Yeah, you know, that's something I always go to when I'm like, Man, we can't just because someone's different, their skin color is different, their language is different, just go to a place of like xenophobia or bigotry it's really i don't even know why we do that not we but the collective you know yeah. speaking for a lot of people in this country like why is that why is it the first place you have to go to yeah it's super shallow it's really shallow yeah i don't i can't get there with my mind but for some reason a lot of people a lot of people can well people you know people i mean fear you know it's like fear is Fear is maybe it's one of the most powerful emotions and it's one of the most powerful like collective emotions, you know. So like people, I think in a sense, they want to be afraid, you know, they want something to be afraid of, you know. And so like that's a pretty convenient thing to be afraid of. It's like, oh, like a Muslim terrorist. The other, know? yeah. Everyone who's Muslim is a terrorist. It's yeah. Like, what are you talking? Is, is yeah. everyone who's a white man like a KKK leader? Yeah. Like or, what are we doing here? Or a banker, yeah. Or a banker? <laughs> like, no. Yeah. They're not. Like there are other people who aren't those things that are, you know, it, it, it's what ga- it's a weird game. It's yeah. a weird game. And once you get beyond it and you s- just start talking to people, you realize how much of a, it's like this weird, it's like this weird front, like, there are people who are like that, but 99% of people are not. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're just not. All, all across the board, in any type of stigmatism or anything you're going to stigmatize, it's like most people are not like that. Right. You know, it's just like the loudness on Twitter. It's like it's a few people. Yeah, yeah. It's like but maybe it's a thousand really, people really when there's, you know, 100 million users. Yeah. But, man, they're so loud. The algorithm yeah. favors them heavily. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, you definitely. Know? And it's like, no, that's not how people think. No one actually cares or thinks that way. Yeah. No one's going to cancel you because you said one wrong thing and then you apologize for it. It's like only in those places will you. But if it was yeah, in yeah. person, if I slipped up and said something, I was like, oh, my bad. I didn't mean to do that. You'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah, you'd yeah. You'd see like, oh, I'm embarrassed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> but if I said it on Twitter, you'd be like, cancel them, yeah, kill yeah. them, yeah. throw them in the... You're like, what? No, like someone just made a mistake. That's why I don't stay away from all of it. I'm a, I'm a human being. I slip up all the time. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to learn and like, oh, I didn't know that. Thank you for letting me know. I didn't know yeah. this was the bike lane. <laughs> and, now, and now I know. Yeah, yeah. But if I was on Twitter, I'd be done for. <laughs> they went in the, the, the wrong lane. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. It's a frustrating place. Do, do you, are you on much social media? No. Nah, you don't, don't strike me as somebody who is. No, nah, I don't fuck with social media. Yeah, that's why it's a, it's a little ironic that like part of my job at the church is <laughs> the social media. It's like, actually, I kind of, 
fucked up a Facebook ad today. I put a, I put an ad on Facebook for the first time, and then I read I read it afterwards, and I was like, oh shit! Like I shouldn't have put a I shouldn't have put a comma there, and b like the email address isn't a link for some reason. It's just text. Mm. And I'm like, dude, like it was a ten dollar credit that I used, so like yeah. I didn't spend any of the church's money, but like. But I like I was like oh yeah maybe we'll use ads and this this is like my genius social media yeah, marketing yeah, you know I'm yeah. like oh we're gonna use ads it's really sophisticated then I put an ad up and like the email address that you're supposed to click isn't a fucking link yeah this <laughs> goes so, to show your skill set yeah you, know, you haven't like, done it enough yeah it's not it's not my thing but I've but made it, the mistake before of like doing a pay promotion and yeah. there's like spelling errors I'm like oh my god. <laughs> And like I can't take it down. It's yeah, like, yeah, that's the thing. I could. It, it, I guess you can't edit it once it's. No. Yeah. No, and I think you have to wait until it's in true circulation before you can take it down. Like in that right. grace period, you're just sitting there, like. And then yeah, you, that was the thing. There was no. There was nothing that I could do. And also, I wanted to get out of there. It was four thirty. I wanted to come here. I wanted to get finish work for the day. And I was like, oh right, that Facebook ad shit. I got to do that. So I spent some time doing it, and I like fucked it up. Couldn't fix it, and I was just like, okay. So you you stay away from it just Facebook, is what it is. Twitter. Yeah, no, I don't fuck. Oh, so. kind of in, a little Instagram. A little bit really. of Instagram. Instagram um, seems to be the place where if an artist is into a little bit of something, that's it. It goes to Instagram, right? Yeah, and because, nowhere else. Yeah, because like my friends are posting stuff. Like it's most popular I'll, amongst artists, that's for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, that's not surprising. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know Twitter and stuff, but I, um, and yeah, I don't, I don't really mess with Facebook. It just or like TikTok. Yeah, TikTok. I I downloaded TikTok. I think it's on my phone, and I like watched it once, and I was sort of like, "This is fucking crazy." But I feel like that. <laughs> I feel like that's for that's for people that are on their phones all the time, you know, which is which is cool, and like, there's a lot of cool and entertaining stuff on it. But it's like that's not. I just don't have that behavior it's not pattern. For you. Yeah, so it's like I'm just not going to be able to understand yeah. the video. You know, like there's a lot of self self referential stuff, and it's like I just I'm just not going to get it. Yeah. Um, whereas Instagram, it's like, yeah, like a lot of friends are musicians or other kinds of artists. And so they're like, oh, this, you know, I've got this show coming up or like, you know, I've just recorded this video. Here's the, or this album or whatever. So like, so it's a way I don't follow up with a lot of it, but it is a way for me to sort of keep tabs on what, what like my, my, co my colleagues are up to, you know, yeah. what my friends are up to. Yeah. Um, and and that's where I post the videos that I make. I mean, I don't think a lot of people really end up watching them, um, but but I post the animations that I make to Instagram. And, mm. and, and Do you have any on YouTube? Um, no, they're on Vimeo. Vimeo, yeah, they're on that's Vimeo classic. and 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 Instagram. But but for the most part, I think the people that watch them are just like friends that I send it to. Mm -hmm. You know, like I don't think I'm really getting getting in like they're they're really strangers watching it mm -hmm. um which is fine i mean i would love for more people to watch those animations because i think they're fucking cool you know and the, then the secret is you should keep promoting like yeah yeah the the irony of social media because i'm the same way like i hate it but and i know in order for me to keep doing all these things i i have it's just part of the gig it's yeah, part of the yeah. job like i have to capture everything i have to put it on there yeah i try to always make it a promotional thing for other people and myself right. but collectively we're growing and positive and like because that's how i am i'm always a positive person and and i try to keep it simple but i realize you ha like i don't like being on social media i don't like have to do it but i know i have to and i yeah, have to pick one yeah. and it's instagram i pick right facebook is like so secondary i, I don't really use it but then nothing else yeah and it's it sucks it's daunting but i i saw the correlation 
the more I was active and yeah. post stuff and tag things and did hashtags and did the stories and just did everything, the, the more I saw it grow huh. and grow a lot. And yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, okay. So in so order for it to work, you have to just keep doing it. Yeah, yeah. Content, content, share, like, follow. You, you just work the system and the system will work you. Yeah, yeah. It sucks, but it's just how it is. And it's yeah. part of the gig. If you want to make money doing your craft, you have right, to put yourself right. out there. People have to know about you. Because if you don't do that, apparently you don't exist. Yeah, well, right, exactly. Yeah, and I think, yeah, for the most part, I don't exist. <laughs> but uh, but I don't know, maybe that's okay in the end. Like, I, I mean, I send my animations to friends, and, and, and they they enjoy it, and they get something out of it, you know? Yeah. Um. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to have this album soon. I'll have to figure out what the hell I'm going to do with it. You know, I just wanted to capture this music that I've been working on for the Are past Are you going to put years. it on streaming services? I'm going to do something. I don't put know. put it on streaming services. That's yeah. the one step. Because I, I did the Bandcamp thing for things. Yeah. Which is cool. And it's yeah. easy and it's high quality and it's free. But you get so much more reach yeah. with the streaming services. Yeah, it's true. Although, you know, some of my music is on, is on, out of, is on um, what's it called? Uh, Spotify. Mm-hmm. And... And I've definitely, you know, it says monthly listeners, you know, and I've definitely gone to the page before and it's like zero <laughs> monthly listeners. Because like you weren't promoting it. What's that? Because you weren't promoting it. Yeah, yeah. You got to promote. It's, it's the same thing as the social media. You got to promote that on social media. Right, Share right. Share with people. Just, it's such a racket. It's a game. Yeah. You got to play the game. It's a whole system. It's a whole industry. Yeah. And you just have to play it. Otherwise, why? like if you put it out there, you're in New York. You're in America. You're on planet Earth. Why would 7.8 billion people care at all? Yeah, yeah. Unless you gave them the reason to. Yeah, right. Putting exactly. yourself out there, like it's. Twi- I always w- was thinking, like, oh, people find it. It's like, why would they find it? They're <laughs> look up that. Like, why? Yeah, yeah. Why would they? It's it sounds great in a fantasy world, but it's not going to happen. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. PR yeah. is half the battle. Yeah, it's half the battle. Yeah, yeah. I hear that. Yeah. So this this um this music that I'm going to be releasing sometime in the next you know six months or something like that. That might be um, an excuse to try harder on that. Yeah, yeah, to try something. Little Um, incremental steps. I, I, it's frustrating, but even like these videos we did will be great promotion to pair with it. Yeah, well, yeah, totally. You know? Yeah, yeah, something to share. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean that's that's that that's it. I don't know. My 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 favorite um, radio station in the in the area played one of my tracks. Like, uh, oh, nice. I guess it was a while ago now. It was like a year ago, mm-hmm. but um, but but that was cool. You know, it's like it's 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 fun to get played on the radio. Like somebody just just kind of found my music through mm-hmm. some through some way. Yeah, yeah. it's cool. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's hard to it's hard to it's hard to kind of get some traction, especially you know? when you're making more obscure music. Yeah, and yeah. I don't say obscure in a bad way. I just mean it relative to what's out there you yeah, know? yeah i get it i i struggle with it all the time making obscure music noise music improvisational yeah art rock that's 20 minutes long like, yeah yeah there's like three people on the planet that care yeah so like it's hard it's yeah, hard yeah. but when someone does care and they talk to you about it it, it means a lot yeah yeah definitely You're like, Man, absolutely they really tried and like listened to this i, I can tell yeah you know we forgot to mention that it's like 100 degrees in here yeah yeah so for the it's people definitely looking at us and, yeah. we're just like I'm like drenched. Yeah, sweat. yeah. Well, I mean, I might. <laughs> You're my, wiping yourself yeah. down. Like, this is the hottest podcast I ever did. No, oh, it's cool, just really good, heated. Good. You know, we're just right, right. Yeah, really we're just going really at it. No, yeah, it's I mean, probably like ninety something out, and we're in a room with no air on. Yeah, it's probably ninety something in here. Yeah, I mean, um, but this is also like I was saying to you earlier. Like, this is a very New York thing, and it's good to experience. You know, like New York, like the humid, hot, 
summer vibe in New York is mm-hmm. like it's a it's a thing and it's a special thing and it's part of it's part of the New York experience. Yeah, you know? it, it, it's really actually reminiscent of where I'm from. Like we, Chicago's swampland. Right, and, right. You know, we we have our 95 degree heat wave stuff too, and I just go in my basement or I stay in the house. But right. here I'm here, so I'm just in. Indul- like yeah. I'm like I'm living this. I'm gonna go home and take a freezing cold shower any totally. second. Totally. But having that water, yeah, the 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 ocean nearby, and we have the lake. You get a weird type of humidity between the swamplands because this yeah, was all yeah. swamplands too. Right, right. Before it was settled, and between the swamplands and the the humidity from the ocean or the water or the lake, and then we're nearly at the same latitude. Right. Uh, cor- coordinates. I believe Chicago is like one, one uh, degree higher. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty much the same. It's brutal. Yeah, yeah. And when you're and you get way more ambient heat because of the concrete and steel. Oh yeah. It's, it's absorbing all of it. Yeah, it's, it's really insane. dark. Yeah. So this is very familiar. I just I'm rarely in a Chicago apartment with no AC in the summertime doing a podcast sitting there. Like this is the first <laughs> time I've done something like this. So yeah, it's extra like sauna e. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. And I'm this, enjoying it though. And this, yeah, this this building too. I mean, we're on the top floor, so we get it gets it gets particularly hot. The heat rises here, and then the heat is hitting exactly. You. Yeah, this is a hot spot yeah it, it is a particularly hot spot but i mean you do have a window unit it's just it's noisy too noisy yeah to be using. yeah yeah exactly which yeah i mean i i don't know i wouldn't i, I wouldn't survive otherwise <laughs> um so there's a hot nights hot sweaty nights like i've done yeah. i've done plenty of that but it's like it's man, not you, it, you don't sleep well when it's 83 degrees yeah yeah and like 90 percent humidity yeah yeah like last night was really hot i was so i looked at that it wasn't getting below 82, and yeah, I saw yeah. that I could set the AC to, like, 66, and I was like, I'm so spoiled. Yeah. Like, I yeah. am. I was cold last night. Yeah. Like, I, like, there's people sweating profusely, and I was cold last night. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. I have this guilt about me every day of my life. Every day, I'm just like, I feel bad about anything that is slightly better than what someone else has. I just feel so bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a classic, classic Western affliction. At least I feel it. Some people don't feel that at all. They're just like, I don't care. Right. I worked for it. It's like, yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, I worked. Yeah, I did too. But I still feel bad that like other people work for it and they have way less. Yeah. And I can't help it. Yeah, but yeah, the 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 AC at night. Oh my god! You know, it's it's a lifesaver. I I just reminds me of being a kid and we didn't have it like at my grandma's house. It's, I remember just it brings me back nightmares just laying there in bed with all the windows open fans everyone just still sweating profusely yeah, just like yeah. I can't sleep I'm yeah. on the verge of like heat stroke and it's yeah. 2 a.m. in July yeah so yeah yeah that's a very particular fucking feeling <laughs> yeah but it's, it's but it's super real yeah. and then the thing is also it's like yeah you're walking around or like you're waiting for the subway in the station it's like yeah you can't there's no air conditioning, you know, it's like the, that and that experience of the heat. It's like, I don't know. I think there's something essential about it. It's nice for, when for you, the, do, for, when you get to city. your cold shower, your AC room, you're yeah. just like, this is amazing. Yeah. 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 Totally. And also, you know, you sort of settle into the heat, you know, if you're just stuck in the heat, like you settle in, like there's no heat, like, or there's no, um, what's it called? AC, like in the church, like, in, you know, where I work, um, cause I actually work in like the church of the church, you know, not in an office and, um, you know, like it's just it's just hot, you know. You put a fan right yeah. on you. Yeah. The computer overheats more than I do. You know? <laughs> I've been hot um, all day. I've been outside since eleven in the heat. Yeah. 
the whole like I just been outside all day. Yeah, you sort of you sort of settle just into used it. To. It was like I'm just gonna be sweating all day, and yeah. then tonight drink a lot of water, and tonight when I get home, take the coldest shower ever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And just sit on the couch in the freezing cold AC <laughs> and just like listen to records for a couple hours and just yeah. relax. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you if you have that refuge at the end of the day, that makes a big oh, difference. That's what I've been looking forward to. Man. Yeah, this is gonna be great. It's been a day. Totally. You yeah. you want to promote any more things before we? And I don't know what time it is, but oh yeah, like two hours and twenty minutes. Oh, cool, nice. Yeah. Did it feel like that? Uh, no, <laughs> really. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, no, I'm good. But yeah, my back my back is feeling it a little bit. Um, yeah. Um, was there anything I wanted to promote? No, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm out of sight of land. And like I said, those, the animations that I did last year, some on my own and some with a, with a collaborator and then just the music, um, that I recorded during the, during the, you know, during the lockdown, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's cool. It's very calming. People enjoy it. So, you know, I would recommend checking that out. Out of sight of land on, of on land. Bandcamp and on, on Bandcamp on Instagram. You know, if you if you Google it, I think the chances It'll are you'll find up. me. Yeah, yeah, Moby Dick. Yeah, right. Exactly. You might find there is also some kind of like tropical like Hawaiian thing that comes up, but um, <laughs> but you know, um, but yeah, yeah, out, out of out of sight of land. Um, you know, there's some there's some stuff online and it's worth listening to. I think. <laughs> I think so. I I was very impressed. I liked what you played. Oh, cool! A lot. Thanks. I'm very much into that music. I can't wait to show my friends and cool, stuff the video. Cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I, yeah, I appreciate the. I mean, I like I said, like I, I haven't played a show, and I would consider that to be a show because it's just, it's yeah. just playing, like um, you know, and like going on two years, and it's really nice to just have the um the occasion to dust off some music. Yeah. figure out what to play, figure out how to play it, you know, and, um, and, and, um, and perform it. And I'm, yeah, I'm really looking forward to like hearing and seeing it. And yeah. yeah. Cool. I yeah. am too. Cool. Am too. Thank you for having me here and bringing me. Oh yeah, totally. Place. It's a pleasure. It's been fun. Yeah. It's a cool spot. Oh, cool. Yeah. 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 It's, it's I, 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 I love a lot of place. character. Yeah. I, I, I connect with this type of sp- space. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's cool. It's uh, sadly, you know, I mean, I was, I put on a few shows. I've, I've only lived here. For, I've lived here for like two and a half years. Like my roommate's been here for like 11 years, 12 years. Oh wow. Um, but, um, but I have put on some shows, you know, before the pandemic hit, but since the pandemic, you know, cause it, you know, it's a great space for putting on shows. I could see that. Some, yeah. some fucking, a couple of really fun shows here. That's cool. Um, maybe this fall, you know, we'll see. I'll come. Yeah. Cool. I'll, I'll oh, record yeah. some of them. Oh, cool. Some video. Nice. Got yeah. Your audio. We, you'll, you'll know, you'll know if we're having shows yeah, please, here. Please, please do. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you for having me here. It was a pleasure totally, to talk with totally, you and hear yeah. your, your, fascinating story and yeah you're you're most welcome and um i can't wait to hear your new record cool and uh yeah yeah for those listening check out his his music and uh, i guess that's it cool thanks man all right thank you take care